Welcome to Tigers Uncaged, powered by Windsor Plywood, the experts you need to know. Jesse and Lance are talking Tigers with the voice of the Tigers, Gino DiPaoli. Oh my goodness! Tiger players, coaches, and WHL insiders across the league. Tigers Uncaged. Starts now. Tigers Uncaged. Welcome inside episode 21 of Tigers Uncaged, powered by our good friends at Windsor Plywood, the experts you need to know. My name is Lance. I am the uh, color commentator, color analyst, whatever you want to call it, on the radio side for home broadcasts of Tigers Hockey on Wild 94.5. My esteemed co-host, the in-rink game host for Tigers games at Co-op Place, Jesse, is uh, still on Dad Watch. The trilogy, his third child, arrived, what was it, last week? So um, he may be back for episode 22 next week. But in any case, just you and me and Gino DePaoli. We have a nice conversation with Gino recapping the last handful of games where the Tigers have picked up points in their last three in different ways, shapes, and forms and different feelings coming out of all three of those games. But points at this time of year, important nonetheless. And uh, also fortunate to have overage Tigers defenseman Drew Krebs join the program on uh, this 21st episode. Great, great conversation, I thought, with Drew. I might be biased because I was the one having it, but just nice to to sit around and hang out for a little bit away from the rink. Don't get me wrong. It's always nice to catch up with Drew at Co-op Place. We see each other there a fair bit, but uh, to have the opportunity to just kind of hang out, shoot the breeze, and recap what's been over 260 games in the Western Hockey League, all as a member of the Medicine Hat Tigers, uh, I thought it was great. So that'll come up in the second segment but as you can tell, it's a long episode 21. When Jesse's not here, I just start to ramble, and I can't stop. I always have more questions. Jesse keeps us on time, so we're a little long today. That's all right. Settle in. Gino DePali is next, the voice of the Tigers on Tigers Uncaged, powered by Windsor Plywood, the experts you need to know. More hockey talk on the way. Let's go, boys! It's Tigers Uncaged, powered by Windsor Plywood, the experts you need to know. When it comes to building or renovating, Windsor Plywood can put you on the power play. Their experienced and knowledgeable staff will help you find the finishing products you need to score big on your next project. From doors to floors and all the plywood in between, Windsor Plywood is the first choice for contractors and do-it-yourselfers. Visit Windsor Plywood today. Open 8 to 5 Monday to Friday and 9 to 1 Saturday at 2101 10th Avenue Southwest in Medicine Hat. Proud sponsor of Tigers Uncaged. More Tigers Uncaged with Jesse and Lance. Powered by Windsor Plywood, the experts you need to know. Welcome back to Tigers Uncaged, powered by our friends over at Windsor Plywood, the experts you need to know. And as always, joined by the mouth of the South, as he's affectionately known, the voice of the Tigers, Gino DePali. Hello, Lance Dahl and friends. Yeah, hello. It's just us. I um, know. Jesse's I, still MIA. I'm hopeful. I think Jesse's also hopeful that uh, he'll be returning next week. Just in I, will time he for bring the, the trilogy? Will the trilogy make? I I the don't appearance? think so. I don't. I think, think that's so. perfect. Though. Yeah, I mean, just the trilogy crawling on the floor in here while we oh, do just this. sleeping in the basket, and then that'd be like our breaks when it starts crying. If it's just... if it's anything like his first two kids, or just the family in general, I feel like there's not a lot of sleep happening there. Uh, I don't know. I I, I, I think it's a, usually a, a loud household, busy. I don't. The Christensen household is loud. <laughs> Stone cold stunner there. Yeah, hard to believe. But uh, but okay, let's let's relive rather the uh, the the past seven days, Oof. and it has been quite the past seven days. Let's let's start back on Friday. This was uh, a week from today as this is dropping. 
Uh, the Raiders come into Medicine Hat. Those damn Prince Albert Raiders again. And look kind of stinky to begin the game. The Raiders were definitely on, on the flat foot, the back foot. Uh, they give up a goal a minute 40 in to Andrew Basha. And then all of a sudden things clicked, and they were able to squeak out a 2-1 uh, shootout win against the Tigers. Well, they played a really good playoff game, I think. They did. That was kind of like a really good road game. This is a PA team that is still two years away and didn't get like the extra ahead of schedule kind of bump that the Tigers have had. Right. But I thought they played extremely systematically well. And I doing think. it without Rada Ritchie for the last little while as yeah, well. since Christmas, kind of in the same sort of Caden Lindstrom boat mm-hmm. that the Tigers have. It's just kind of I, – I liked it. Like, Max Hildebrand was was brilliant in that game. He's really good. Was He's really, been really good. Like, if there's a – a comeback player of the year. I don't know if that could be a thing in junior hockey, yeah. but he's found a way to, to make it work in PA. PA's found a beauty there, but as an 04, you never know. He's been really good. I thought he was he was the best player on both sides of the ice. Like he had to make some clutch saves and I, I still don't think the Tigers created enough like enough true grade A chances. Mm-hmm. And I guess maybe if the ones that they did salvage, they were stopped, right? right? So it was a good night. I think they I think once they got up one nothing, there's been some times when they get that early goal, and then you and I have talked about it. That I don't know if the, you just take your foot off the gas because you're going to get another one right away. Right, you've got the seventy twos, and you've got Wiseblatt, and that top six is kind of fun to watch. Obviously, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah, absolutely. And then if it's not clicking, then you're really starting to think about how you're going to squeak out a win. I think they could easily won in overtime if it wasn't for Hildebrand too, and mm-hmm. then. A shootout's just a skills comp, and I know Zach Sahar only gave up one. The one he gave up was, we not good, but uh, no, no, it was a turnover on a rim along the far wall that uh, Oli Shenye ends up just shooting at the net. Grenade barely, barely gets through Zach Sahara. Um, but I guess you know, in in games like that, there's small edges that go either way and small separators. Yeah. And it's not that the Tigers didn't have chances; they had plenty of opportunities to outscore that one mistake. I think if you go up two in that first period I think you you can you could have probably coasted mm-hmm. I think you could have but it's kind of hard like it that kind of sums up the game it didn't take us long to sum up it, no it, it was, wasn't like it was a boring trap game it was great chances and both teams had momentum swings and it was just Max Hildebrand being really good that that yeah, kind of made the it difference was a really good goaltender that made night, some big stops sometimes you're gonna get goalied a little bit and yeah. I guess you could probably chalk it up to being goalied against PA and we saw how good PA was that entire weekend right like they do the Lethbridge, Madison Hat. They, you know, in Lethbridge the next day, you're down what three nothing with three minutes yeah, to not go, much left, and yeah. then you irk out a three or a four three OT win. Yeah, against the Lethbridge team at the point that had lost, I believe, six or seven in a row mm-hmm. before they defeated um, Moose Jaw before this came before this drops. So yeah, just uh, back on Wednesday, huge, huge. back on Wednesday I, beating Moose Jaw. So. But yeah, like that was just a PA team that's fight that, that's doing meta hat things right now. Yeah, from, last, from a season ago, this is pretty much yeah. like the Mesnat Tigers team a year ago. A lot, a lot of similarities between the mm-hmm. two, <clears throat> and uh, you're going to notice a common theme throughout this past week, uh, and it's an encouraging sign is that the Tigers strike first. Um, yes, and you know the starts maybe had fallen apart a little bit over. I want to say like a two, three week stretch where the starts just weren't all that great, and this team was being kind of forced to to have to chase games. And uh, one thing I think is becoming increasingly obvious across this Eastern Conference is that like the Tigers can chase games, but there's a lot of teams that thrive being chased. Like there, there's teams yeah. 
Uh, I I mean, I look at Saskatoon. They're a team that it's an easy example. They're willing to to have you chase them. Red Deer, like those lockdown type teams that. Uh, you know, Lethbridge would be another one. They, they're more than happy to to have teams kind of try and track them down if they take an early lead. Uh, so it's going to be really important for the Tigers the rest of the way in the regular season and into playoffs to set the tone in these games to have whoever they're playing kind of trace uh, chase them down. But uh, you, you turn into the next night, Saturday, after a single point that didn't feel great against PA, you get a single point against Saskatoon, and it feels completely different. Yeah, and maybe not a whole lot changed. You you but you 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 blew a 2 nothing lead unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. It was late goals that sank this team a little bit in that aspect. But then like you take that you take those 40 minutes, that's really good that's really good hockey that's being played by For sure. both clubs. Like that showed me and again there was who were there was no Oasis Wiseblatt for that team. No Wiseblatt or or yeah. Lindstrom of course. So and you lose two of your top 6, yep. your true top 6. And you make that happen with that team on the other side, that to me shows how deep this team actually can be. Mm-hmm. And we've seen when they're short-staffed how they just seem to rise the occasion. The guys that are, you know, your top guys are played more in that situation. And the young guys are getting reps. And right. we saw, like, I thought we saw some really good performances from a Caden McCann. I thought, I know the goal scoring's not there right now. It's not that it's cooled off or anything, but. Still doing his job, like he's just a couple shots away from double digit goals as a rookie. Yeah, on a on a deep scoring Tiger team, like the third most goals. Where he's only playing ten to twelve minutes a yeah. night, really. That it, those are effective minutes. I I I thought Spilka, I think too, has mm-hmm. kind of just you know just kind of he hasn't gone up or down, but he's stayed steady. But his on the foot road. speed has he's, caught up. I will he, say he's keep he's keeping he's keeping the 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 car on the road, right? Yeah, like it's not veering and. Like his first few games coming back from injury and finally getting into the Western League, you could tell that it took him a while to get his legs. Oh, yeah. Um, but now he's got his legs under him. Like I notice him a lot, especially on the forecheck. Like yeah. he, he does a good job of getting the pucks first. Um, he's and, a big man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it's it's nice to think, you know, when, when a time hopefully comes that everyone is back in the lineup and let's save Braden Bame, uh, it doesn't seem like he's returning, still indefinite. Um but you're able to potentially have a fourth unit that looks something to the effect of McCann, Spilka, and Pacheco or Harsani, depending on yeah. how things shake out. That's that's a really really good. That's a deep team. Like fourth line, quote unquote, that that can win their shifts more often than not. Absolutely. Like, he, and I thought Shane Smith again was really good. He was really good. And really, really he, good. Hunter St. Martin had a bounce back game. Not I don't that think I Marty... picked. I don't think I picked Shane Smith for player of the game. And looking back, I probably should have. Yeah, he was really good. Uh, who did we pick for player of the game? Honestly, we picked McKenzie. We picked Tyler McKenzie. Yeah, who who was also <laughs> excellent. Also really, you were you were okay with. Yeah, it wasn't pick. wasn't the wrong pick, but but Shane creates the opportunity for St. Martin to score like, the first goal. How big and strong is Shane? Like, yeah, how, how much? Like, good lord, like. Great fella off the ice, and typically those kind of people are absolutely nasty to play against on the ice. Uh, and, and unsurprisingly, Shane's one of those guys. Yeah, we had our team picture on uh, Wednesday. Nice. And who do I sit next to or I stand next to? <laughs> yeah. Shane Smith. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Shane Smith's my, uh, that's good. my picture buddy. <laughs> but he maybe like, and you've seen this edge from him all season long. Um, it even dates back to, to training camp amongst teammates. Like I, I remember sitting in co-op place in September and watching, you know, scrimmages and in inter squad games and all that stuff. And 
I, I mean, Shane was was just as much of a pest and a, an annoyance to play against in those games as he is now on what game fifty four. Oh, he he's mean. I think he's got something to prove too. Mm-hmm. Like I know he keeps getting sort of pushed aside and all the you know obviously the McKenna mania and then Lindstrom and Mercic and Basha in their draft. It's his draft year too. Like he's done some really good, like just big strong. I know faceoffs haven't been a strong suit of late. I know he can win draws. So mm-hmm. I think maybe it just that's one of those things where you just move aside and. I think, think that that's about. one thing though. If you talk to Shane, that's probably one of the biggest things or the first things that he would yeah. admit to to having to to strengthen. He and he and he works hard. Like he's a he's a tough kid. Like yeah. good lord, I think when you're from Sesford, you have to be tough. Like I know that's right. The, that's the sort of the quiet title of all this. But the big thing to me, and it's hard to know off the ice, but it it just appears that he's coachable too. Like he oh, he's receptive, he is he buys in, but he also thinks the game really well, right? And and we've said it a million times. Shane's not the fastest guy. He's not the biggest guy. He's not the strongest. Not to say he's not strong. He's not big and he's not quick, but he's not at the top one percent in any of those things. But he's so well rounded, kind of similar to Tyler McKenzie in a sense. Yeah. That that he puts himself in good positions, and I mean, you can't argue with twenty-seven goals when he scored on on Saturday against uh, against Saskatoon. Like the guy's a finisher. Yeah, you know he's a bit of a prick. You know, yeah, <laughs> he really is. Yeah, uh, he always he's got something to say. He never not ha- he'll never not have something to say on the ice. He I really saw in the Edmonton game, obviously, and yep, maybe a couple of weeks ago in Saskatoon, same boat where you know, and it might cost him an unsportsmanlike here and there. But he's also doing that to set the tone the rest of the season, and you know, if, you know, you're you're mapping the game out how you can get under a guy's skin. And I don't think he's like the ultimate pass, like an Oasis Wiseblatt could be, but he's kind of like one of those down boss, like or the yeah. guy you'd see at the bar. Okay, I'm gonna leave that guy alone, right? Something yeah. like that, right? Like, but you wonder if you know what the uh, so many guys on this team had to deal with two years ago and and not winning a lot of games, and that builds those calluses and. It yeah. it sinks in every now and then that you're not going to get yourself pushed around again. Like that's not going to happen in a game of organized hockey for you. And maybe there's part of that that spills in and and the mentality changes. Well, yeah, like because I think you always see that from Parsons and Krebs, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They've had how many more peaks and valleys have those two had? They've had them all. Like, seen a lot. Krebs had this high success and then got hit with a pandemic. Uh huh. Parsons pretty much shows up at an eleven win season. And then he's got to be the heavyweight champ and try and, you know what, he's got to take the title away from others. And he was a leader last year, and he's got to be a bigger leader this year with mm-hmm. no Del Moline. I remember this now, like how important he was Absolutely. for that team to make the playoffs. Like, wasn't the most skilled. And that's what I think Rhett has to be, too. Some teams you, you have to get lucky yeah, um, with, with guys that did. come through. The Tigers were, were rather fortunate to have a player of Dal Moline's character call them up and say, hey, do you have a spot? Could I come try and make yeah. your team? Right? Like, that. that is – a lot of things have to align, and the player has to earn the opportunity, but to have someone like Dal Moline's character, to your point, and what we're now seeing the benefactor become outside of development from Cade Lindstrom, which was easy to point to. Yeah. But, but you're 100% right t- talking about how – you know, some of those qualities rub off on a guy like Rhett. Well, and you get into, in, you got into the crap, right? Like, yep. I think even, it was even Owen McNeil, and I know he's not in this league anymore. I think it was kind of the same boat, mm-hmm. like a leader, like a yeah. guy that held people accountable. And I think if we get that a little bit more from Rhett and Drew, not saying that Drew doesn't do that now, 
I think you're going to see a really different team in the last, well, we're going into game 58. Something right? like that, yeah. 58 we're, or 57. We're closing in on the end here. Yeah, we're closing in on 10 games, right? So it'll be... We'll be going into game 57 game this 57. weekend. 57 so and you, 8. So I think if you get through that point of the Swift Current weekend, to me, the accountability, the Del Moline leadership, mm-hmm. better start now. Like, I think this is the time yep. where it's so-called, I think it's lockdown mode. Like, yep. it's time to, the fun was, we've had fun. It's been a great season. Probably going to make the playoffs. Now let's prove why. That's right. Let's prove why. I think this is where this kind of, that weekend kind of got to. And I think that's where, that's and still how much further this team has to go. And that's incredible. Yeah, and right. you look right. at guys like, teams like Moose Jaw, and Sastoon. This is the peak right now. This is go time this for them. Is yep. go, they've been go time. Like, Sastoon's been go time since September 26th. Yeah, right. Or whenever the hell the season started. It yep. was a long time ago. And Moose Jaw, when they made the Savoy trade, that was their go time. Mm-hmm. Their official go time, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's so. interesting. Um, but in any case, Tigers, they get two points out of a possible a weird four two over points. the weekend. <laughs> and, I mean, if you go into the weekend, if, if you said, hey, Tigers get two of four, you wouldn't be upset about it. You'd be happy at three and ecstatic at four out of four points. Yeah. Um, but to have two, you know, single goal games that go into extra time where I think this team is built to and has the the poise to play, say, when we get into overtime, if there's overtime or in playoffs when there's overtime A games. Five on five overtime. I think this team has the poise to play in that situation and, and the ability to not get too high or too low. I think so. And I think. You, you're so much space out there on three on three, and that's the point. Yep. We know that. Yep. I would have loved to see Saskatoon because they shorten their bench quite a bit. Like Wong, Cedaroff, um, and Armstrong, if he's back. Yeah. Like those are good guys, but like I think if when and that's how Willie teams worked, right? Like you just wear them down. Like if right. you had a five on five overtime, I think you win that game against Saskatoon. Just, I, I really, relentless. I really do. Yeah, and, and they're the one of the most in shape teams in the league is Matt Hat. I haven't seen somebody truly outskate them yet. Right. And it was another weird night for, for Ethan McCallum and So weird. I hope that it's not lingering or bothering him too much because I know he's he's I don't know if hard on himself is the right way to put it, but he expects a lot of himself. Um he didn't have a single chance on four out of four goals from no. the Saskatoon Blades. I mean the first one they score, Lazowski picks up a, a two-on-one pass dot to dot like he's in Missile. tight and it's just such a perfect shot uh then Lazowski scores a second one that you know you, you just don't the Tigers end up pinning the puck behind their own net with about 13 seconds left and if there's one spot you don't want to do it it's behind the net like pin the puck on the wall do it, do it with like three in the corners, seconds left behind the net right in the corners along the half wall just not behind the net um so yeah. ends up kicking out to Lazowski so that's another goal that you can't really ask much of uh Suzdalev Gets a goal early in the third. Yeah, I mean Suzdalev. What are you? What are you really going to do? It's, yeah, it's it's Suzdalev. He's he's pretty good. Yeah, and uh, and Fraser Mitten ends up scoring in overtime, and yeah. it's just a perfect shot on another two on one. Yeah, it, like Fraser Mitten got better as that game went along. For sure. Yeah, like, he that guy was a horse. Yep. Like, I didn't notice him in the first at all, but then just oh, there you are. Yeah, the Tigers did did a good job and. It's funny. You you can even see the difference from Saturday to Monday. Um, in, in talking with associate coach Joe Frazier after Saturday night, that one of the best things is also one of the frustrating, most frustrating things about this team, and that's how they rise to the occasion when when yeah. they play really good teams. This this Tigers group has always stepped up. They've always 
taking their game to another level. Yeah. And when you show that other level so many times, that now becomes the expectation. Like, mm-hmm. live at that level. Don't get to that level. Live at that level. And I think that was kind of echoed from Joe saying, like, yeah, it's kind of frustrating. We have these highs and, and we can, you know, deliver games like that against tough competition. But then there's some nights, and he was kind of referring to the night prior against Prince Albert, and it somewhat seeped in again against Edmonton on this past oh. Family Day Monday, oh. where where you, you maybe don't keep yourself at that high level. You allow yourself to fluctuate a little bit. But um, when it comes to Monday, all, all I'll say <laughs> is, is two points is two points, yep. and uh, that, a win's a win. That's fair. I, You know what? I look at that game in a couple ways. Um, I have two situations to me that I think changed the whole outcome of that game. If Hunter St. Martin doesn't score to make it 3-2, that was about I don't know if that team wins. The first. Yeah, I'm yeah. not sure. Like yeah. I, I, I don't know where that game went. Right. Because Edmonton was so demoralized after that goal, then they gave up five more right. like before Edmonton fired off another. Or sorry, no, they gave up. They scored one to tie it. And yep, then, that's right. Right. And but it doesn't feel good going to the room, giving no, up one with 20 if seconds you left. Win, if you win that game 8-4 or maybe 8-5, yeah. cool. Cool, bro. No problem. Sure. Like, wasn't a great game. But the fact that you were you got to 9-5 or 9-6. They finished 9-7. I know, but it was 9. Like when it was, Oasis it was at 1.85. And then Oasis made it 9-6. Or 9-6, yeah, 9-5. And, and it was just it's absurd. sloppy. Like The power play was 1 for 5, right? Or yeah. And the power play stayed out four. a little too long. That, that was a case of you stayed out a little too long. 1 for 4 on the power play uh, and went four. minus 1 in that regard because he gave up two shorties. Yeah, wasn't good. Woof. A couple bad, like... <laughs> A play off the rim from Zahara to McKenna hits his boot. Right. And then nobody picks up. Um, it, it might Finney. be the first time this year that the special teams were not special. In fact, they were an absolute disaster. Yeah, wasn't. Uh, I, and I, I understand that's harsh, but, I mean, you gave up four power play goals as well. And, and two shorthanded goals. And two shorties. It's it's not a good time. I mean, the plus side, you gave up one five on five. Exactly. And I think that's kind of what everybody kind of went back to is that the five on five won you that game because it is. And to be fair, like I, I can say that I feel like I can say that the the penalty kill was a bit of a, a disaster knowing that it's an anomaly. It's not something yeah. that is, is happening regularly with this club. Granted the second half penalty kill has dropped a bit from the first half yeah. penalty kill, but it dropped two uh, percent in one game. Now well, yeah, four for six. you have something that like that. Hurt. It's going to happen, right? I'm sure Josh Mazur isn't too happy when he no. reads the daily report. He's like, "Yeah, that's not. We, that's got not so, we did so well to get here." Right? But the penalty kill is is still it's consistent. You yeah. know, there's going to be blips over the course of a year, and I, I still think that the penalty kill is able to be relied upon. Um, it's the most so, power play goals the Tigers have given up this year in a single game. So. I believe it. Yep, I believe that. There's, and the fact that it's against that team. Like, they had some push. Like, I'll give Gavin Hodnett and Grayson Souchin all the credit in the world. I mean, I Joe Aginlo was, was playing well. Oh, he had a pretty good shot there. But I get that one power play goal on Zach Sohar in the second period. Wow. Like, that was a little mix of his dad and something else. Right, right? yeah, like yeah. It was, it was kind of funny. I was watching a podcast. I was watching a podcast. And it was actually it was Barnburn. And it was, they were talking about that goal with Joe Aginlo. I was like, yeah. his dad couldn't do that. Like, <laughs> he, like he couldn't turn. He would shoot into the corner if he tried to shoot it from there. Right. right like yeah. It's different. And I think Edmonton's a lot better than their record shows. I think Colby Hay lost them that game. 
Yeah, which so, also is a rare anomaly. That yeah. hasn't happened. Colby Hay was not ever. good in that game. I know Zach Zahara did not have his best performance either, and he would, would probably be the first to tell you that as well. It he's not going to be thrilled after that, I no, don't imagine. No, and it, that game saw, oh, like McKenna. Good, good God mm-hmm. almighty. Mm-hmm. Like, Weisblatt was great. St. Martin was great. Obviously, Spilka with two goals, statistically great. Yeah, uh, I love Tyler McKenzie again. I haven't. I don't think Tyler McKenzie has played truly a bad, like maybe two or three bad games all year. Like, I thought Cade McCann again, excellent. Yep. Like, two guys that were really good on the uh, Monday were Rita Andreessen and Josh Van Mogen. Which were, is they were really good. Which is important, right? That's really promising. It's because you be kind of split them too. off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To try something, then you go back Krebs Parsons. It's going to be a pairing that's going to need to eat some minutes come playoffs. Oh. They might be the like number one he, pair by the end, like for minutes played at the end of it. I would imagine, you know, as it shapes up, you're going to have a lot of Parsons and Krebs whenever you're able to at home against whoever they play as top unit. Yeah, you're going to um, play against a Uchaz or you'll play them against like a, like a Mitten or something. But there's like going to be that. a lot of challenges when they go on the road in the playoffs. Uh, a lot of teams and a lot of coaches are going to look at uh, Andreessen and Van Mulligan and say, that's the pairing we want to get our top guys out against. That's the the challenge they're going to want to have, yeah. and so I mean every every D pairing has you know a target of some kind. That's what coaching is. So uh, so it's going to be important for for Reed and Josh to to step up and, and to keep yeah. delivering games because they've been really good for for oh, five six weeks. That now. might have been one of like this weekend might have been one of the best weekends of Reed Andreessen's career. I thought he was good. Yeah, and I think I'm I've been sometimes critical of him. Like just because of what he wants to be, but defensively he's been great. Like and him and JVM is on a different level right now, and I don't want to pump the tires too much of a guy because I know there's way more to go. Yep, for him. Yep, for sure. But, but he doesn't make a mistake right now. He's or if steady. he does, and he recovers really fast. And that's it's going to be the other end that that's yeah. going to be so important. Like what Saskatoon what Saskatoon did so well on Saturday is force the Tigers defenseman into one-on-one battles all over the ice. Uh, it would start in the neutral zone when they would outlet pass to a winger at the red line yeah. and force that battle. And if the Tigers defenseman lost that battle, it would probably be a two-on-one, a three-on-two, or at the very least, the Blades would be the first to the puck. The Tigers defenseman won those. Yeah. They won a lot behind their own net and along the goal lines. They, they did, like, team effort-wise, it looked really good on Saturday, but it's going to be important that you are able to handle those high-pressure situations. Like, I look at... I still look at Jack Kaczkowski and, and the poise that he has turning back with the puck. Like, when he oh, has to go yeah. retrieve. That circle? like that He's quick... so good at at retrieving pucks, knowing where pressure's coming from, and looking comfortable. Jack's quietly just... I don't know what his minutes are going to be between him and Matt Pranch. I think you're going to kind of have that... And I'm curious if the team goes 11-7 and seven until Lindstrom is completely healthy and who knows when he's back. It's right. week to week. Still week to it week. is... How are you going to manage those two? Because you want them in those games. Yeah. You want them to see it. You want them to live it. You don't want them in the stands too much in the playoffs. You'd rather them on the ice. And it very well could hit a rotation like the goaltending yeah. has been this regular season. It might. It, it very well could end up being the same thing come playoff time. It might start for those guys. For, it might start with Jack and Matt. Uh huh. Right. It might start this weekend. Who knows? Which wouldn't be the the worst thing all told because. I mean, if you if you look even as as soon as next year, 
you want a pairing that's going to produce and be responsible and, and be able to move the puck quick. Well, I mean, holy smokes, if you had the to, two of them together. You're going to have to move that. They're, they're D-men three and four right now yeah. next season, right? Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. And so you'd have – And for good reason. Yeah, because you'd have Andres and Van Mulligan would be your top pair. Yep. I know we're for, we're forecasting a little Bodies ahead of can schedule. come in and out, but yeah, no, and I And then understand. you're going to have to probably have a – and I'm not – okay – I'm going to tickle your fancy. Yeah, sure. With Riley Steen and Corey Bozkaya. Oh, your, boz bombs. Your boz bombs. But I, and think I saw a lot of those in, in training. Your jaw was on the ground the whole time. Oh, man. I loved it. But that, and a that's missile. a long time. Who knows if they're even ready that's right. know, as 08s. Maybe that's right. Steen or Bozkaya need another year. It's not like it's not going to be like a Matty P this year. Where, right. Oh, yeah. He's ready now. Right, right, right. So. Yeah, that's, that's true. So. In any case, to your point, it'll be important for those guys to get in those games. Um, but yeah, nine seven, the final in Edmonton. Oh. The Tigers maintain no. I longer. wasn't happy about that game. Well, yeah, it's not exactly the most uh, type of a treat of a game when no you flow. It was just give up that many. Yeah. Oof. But they still have lost no more than two games in a row. That's a feat. I, I know. I talk about it, and we go back to the well on it, and I'm, eventually that well is going to dry up. It's a big deal, but. Does that not it's a really like, big deal? Does that not reflect like a playoff to you to you at all? Like, if you if you are, I mean, I understand if you lose two in a row twice, that's four games and you're out. I get that. Yeah. But if you have not allowed yourself to go through the experience of losing more than two, that means that you're giving yourself a chance to punch back in the series. Because yeah. I, I mean, sure, we can all say it'd be great if they won every series four zero, four one, four two, whatever. Happen. It's probably not going to happen. And most teams over the course of a playoff run have to come back in a series. It's just how things yeah. work. Well, you always get one game to burn. I've always said that. Like, yep. You always get one game that you can throw out, and it's whether you just got smoked, you got refereed, so you got screwed, get goalied, you got whatever screwed, it might be. You got screwed by yep. some terrible incident or yep. something like that. You get one of those. And every team series. has won a series. Yep. Every team does. So, uh, I love that we're talking about this now. Yeah, I, well, I, I'm, I'm I'm excited about it's, that. It's it's going to be a thing. Like the the Tigers, I, I mean, there's no reason to believe an unmitigated disaster is coming. Um, not to say it's not possible, but at the same time, if this team ripped off 12 straight wins, I don't think that's impossible either. Just with the way this things have it's been crazy going, their longest winning streak is four. Right? It like, is. It's not. It is kind of twice. And that that's kind of this. It's kind of what I talk about with the consistency of this team, is that. You know, the the games are looking different each and every night. They're playing a bunch of different types of games, high scoring, low scoring, overtimes, but they're consistently picking Winning up points. Winning and not playing well. Yeah, it's, like. it's, been, it's been on an overall bird's eye view, it's been a very consistent season, and now they have yeah. points in five straight. Uh, and they're going to have to try and pick up points in, hopefully for them, six and seven straight against Swift Current Broncos, mm-hmm. who have reemerged after winning four in a row and eight out of their last ten heading into the weekend as as an interesting opponent for the Tigers. Fireball Friday. Fireball Friday will be in Speedy Creek at the Innovation Plex. Um, Giddy up. Oh, man, so they crazy. Like, the, the points are, are big, obviously, for separator in the standings. Um, yeah. But like the way things are going, Swift Current could also have the tie break on the Tigers, depending yeah. on how how it all shakes out. So, like if if there was a weekend, obviously after this you're going to have ten games left. The Broncos are going to have eleven. Still a lot to play out. Mm-hmm. 
But even if you at, at worst split this weekend, man, it can that's huge. It just stalls out potential progress from Swift to try and track down the Tigers. Well, then they got to start again, right? That's like, right. If you could, and this is, I've been looking at this weekend now for two weeks. So I was like, if you can, if you just win in that barn, if you can somehow do it, they've done it once. Winning was, in Swift would be huge. If you win in Swift, doesn't matter what happens at home. Like, win there and then put doubt in their minds. It would feel great to to come back to co-op place already up a win on the weekend. Yeah. it Like you said, it maybe takes a little bit of the edge off for Saturday that you can be a little bit more free and, and loose when you're playing because this team, I think, yeah. I think we've seen they're just better when they're a looser group, when oh, they're 100%. able to just settle in and, and whip the puck around and, and play a little free. Uh, that sometimes gets them into eight, seven games in overtime like they played <laughs> yeah. in Swift to start the season, but... <laughs> If they're playing free, it's not necessarily the worst. And uh, well, Swift is pushing, right? Like they, well, they, they know have it's, to. It's go time. <clears throat> they want. Well, they're the four seed right now, right? Like, yeah. I don't think that's that. They want to win the division, which hair on them, they should. Yep, they should. Be I would wanting hope so. To. Like, I would hope so. They're kind of supposed to be where the t- like. It's kind of interesting that the team that has been the thorn in their side at the end of the season has been the Tigers for the last two years. Right. And pretty much where the Broncos should have ended up last year is where the Tigers ended up, and where the Tigers are now is where the Broncos was probably kind of at the start of the year. It was probably, Pat, was probably was them probably or Red Deer. That, yep. was a, yep. that was an easy bet. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know what, didn't have the good start. You know what, the Devin Pratt thing happens. Uh, but Terrence they've been riding McEwen highs comes. and lows all season, oh, right? That and that's what is, makes that roller coaster in Swift Current is one ride I don't want to get on. And it, it's what makes a team like the Broncos dangerous is because if they get running hot, it's hard to slow them down. Mm-hmm. Like they just have a lot of depth. They've added Matt Ward back in the lineup, that's so they're, huge. they're they're really that might be bigger than compliment. Connor Geeky in a sense. Yeah, to for what he does dragging the team into some places that maybe they don't go otherwise or don't like to go otherwise. Um, I mean, obviously the geeky ad just lengthens that lineup out, but Matt Ward means a lot to that group, and they hold a lot of their own fate. Like they have, what did I say, thirteen games left in the season, yeah. and six of them are either against the Tigers or Rebels. So, just win them. Yeah, like if, for, you're, if you're for the them. Broncos, they want like they 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 have the ultimate opportunity at kind of controlling their own fate in a sense. Yeah, if the Tigers, I kind of look at the last four games against Swept, you split them, you've kind of took them out of it, right? right. Like it'll be, they'll have to, and and Red Deer is going to stay hot. They're, I think they're going to be back on track. I know they lost technically seven in a row at one point. I think they're going to be just fine. So that and can you? That is going to be if it stays that way. It may not. But a swift to Red Deer round one is that what you're oh. leading to? Yeah. I'm gonna have that one in the corner screen going while I'm calling a game of the playoffs. Like, yeah, that would be. That would be a war. That would be a grind. That would be a heavy. Heavy series That'd for be both a teams. Sev- that's a seven banger waiting to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, interestingly, I guess one final thought: just if the Tigers can, to reiterate, split this weekend, mm-hmm. it just stalls out the amount of progress that the Broncos are able to make. I mean, they also still have, I think, it's two games against the Edmonton Oil Kings yet to play. Um, three actually. They got two on the on the road, one at home. So, like, they have some games that they can work with. Uh, Swift's got what, two more games against Edmonton? Three against Edmonton. Um, oh, isn't that nice? And they got two against Calgary to finish the season, which uh, that that's going to be an interesting home-and-home home to wrap up the year for them because the Hitmen, I don't think, are going to go anywhere in that playoff picture, hunting down eight. Um, that's a weird one right now. 
Yeah, they should have won. They should have won on uh, Wednesday against Edmonton. So and how didn't. how bizarre is is the seven eight nine race, right? Like Prince Albert, to your point, coming into Medicine Hat last weekend, winning and then going into Lethbridge and pulling off the comeback. Prince Albert has suddenly gone from you know we can only control what we can control, but now they're also like padding themselves into a, a much more comfortable position than they probably were heading into the weekend. They're a handful of games away from Brandon and six. Yeah. Like they're and Two, or if four Brandon keeps getting okay, you might catch them. You might go to the six. Mm-hmm. I don't see them going to the five, but they can definitely hit the six right now. Right. Because I and I'll say I've said this since day one of me being in the league. I trust the guy behind the bench. Jeff Truett. Jeff Truett. Yep. Bang up job. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's done a lot with with a team that kind of to what we've been saying is on a similar trajectory as as the Tigers. Maybe just a year, year and a half delayed. Yeah. It's, um, it's wild. But they've they've found something. They're they're playing well. One of seven of their last ten, and are trying to distance themselves. They're three points up on Calgary, who sits in ninth. Uh, the Hurricanes they get a big win over Moose Jaw yesterday. That Huge. extends, and yesterday being Wednesday, that extends them to uh, to a two point gap ahead of Calgary. That that's a really big Is there one. Still game ahead there. No, so uh, the Hitmen and Hurricanes are both on fifty five games, and now they have also caught the Raiders on fifty five. So so those are gone. Yeah. So the the games in hand are are disintegrated. It it would have as a, as a fan of chaos would have been great to see Edmonton lose to Calgary. Um, <laughs> on on Wednesday morning, just because then you'd have one point separating three teams for two spots, and I think for chaos' sake, that would be lovely times. Absolutely. But PA, they, they get Brandon a handful of times yet. That that there you go. There's so, your, there's the five and six. So they can, the six and seven. They can claw back there at the same token. I, I mean, if you start to hit a bit of a, a speed bump, if you're the Raiders, or if you maybe flat flatten out a little bit and regress back to the curve. That can also pull Lethbridge back closer. Uh, I said it weeks ago. It still stands. There is a world somehow in which the Lethbridge Hurricanes miss playoffs. Oh, that'll sound so terrible to it's, you. To me, I, I mean, I would think it's mildly hilarious, if I'm being honest. <laughs> Just considering all the moves that were made, right? There were so many changes made at the deadline. They they haven't had Dylan They're Sador supposed to get in the lineup. Better, right? No Sador for the last little while, who's been on the injury report. That's uh, obviously a bummer for him and for them. Uh, he's been week to week. But... I, I just find it it would be mildly mildly entertaining as much as it can be from a rival point of view just to see you know a team that goes and they make the big changes at the top end of their lineup with their overages and and it kind of stalls yeah like there's a lot riding on that isn't there just well, for the sake of of vibes in the room and, and things March, moving forward March 22nd and March 23rd could be awfully interesting yeah yeah We're that's when they play a home and home that's by the, the end way. of the season Mm. Like Lethbridge might need to at in a point like that, they might have to win out. It's possible to try and get in. Who knows? But like you've you've been around enough teams. You've you've, <laughs> you've been across you know whether it's the AJ or the WHL for over a decade. Like, so so you'll know better than I just oh, from boy. an outside experience. But like, what is like that's got to be a, a tough spot for that room to be in right now. Like there was already a lot of pressure bringing in. You know Dylan Sidor, Sean Chagall, and the like. There was a lot of added responsibility and pressure on that team to deliver and, and make a move. Like at worst case scenario, if if they end up missing somehow, like 
what what does that do for for the younger end of of the roster? That's like holy smokes, what happened? Here? Well, it's interesting because if you look, I, I did a I didn't do a tweet like you did. I didn't have my nerd stats out, but I did it yesterday. Mm-hmm. I did a um, points by rookies. Mm-hmm. Lethbridge is one of the lowest in the league for points by rookies. Elias Noster is their number one rookie for points. Right. And second is Will Sharp. Wow. That's not good. Wow. I would not have guessed that, actually. And, and Elias Noster was, what, an import pick this past year? Yes. In 05? Yeah. So I I don't know where that puts them. Like, I think the number one, and it's funny, the number one rookie scoring team is not the Massanet Tigers. And it's not the Prince George Cougars. Do you know who it is? What would it be, the Hitman? It is the Hitman. Yeah. hundred and 177 points, and the the uh, Tigers rookies are actually fourth in scoring, with McKenna's 81. Yeah, going to the, the Everett Silvertips have 177. They really, have a really good gr- group of rookies wow. there. Uh, Everett, I believe, I forget who the other team was. I want to say it was um, not Spokane. That's not right. I wouldn't even be able to. to I, hedge a guess. I I have it on my sheet. I just know that. The Tigers are fourth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and interesting. That's, and that's though. 165 points. Right. And obviously 81 of those coming from Gav. But still, you take that away, that's 80 plus. Like, mm-hmm. I, th- I think left the lowest is Saskatoon, but that's no surprise to no, anybody. That's so. just the way the team's built. Absolutely. Yep. So that, that was just something I looked like. Okay, you're an eighth place team and your rookies aren't helping you as much. Yeah, and I, that's I, I mean. That's an interesting gap unless you make that progression another couple ways yeah it'll be a it'll be an interesting situation regardless of how things pan out for for the Lethbridge Hurricanes but uh, I just they also in in my mind have the best goaltender in the central division just you know to a player I think Harrison Menegan is is the top goalie yeah potentially in the conference well the central got interesting with like with with Chase Woodski and Red Deer and yeah even Reed Dick and Swift's come on really strong Mm -hmm. who's to say that Zach Sahara isn't <laughs> like he's seventh in WHL goaltending right yeah, now. For sure. is, is Big Z, um, and 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 then Ethan Bunev. The the Central Division goaltending, yeah, Bonaventure has been good. Does not suck. Mm-hmm. There is not a bad goalie in the Central. No, like you're, as a starter. Yeah, just look at look at the work Medigan's done. He's running at a nine eighteen save percentage right and now, and that's a which... team that lost seven in a row. Yeah, yeah. Good lord. Yeah, like yeah, Harrison Medigan. Gives this team a chance night in and night out. Also, credit Brady Smith, who has – he did have a, a really good game. Oh. What was it? Was, was that, that against the Blades? Game against Saskatoon. Yeah. He lost one nothing. Played the Blades really well. But I I just it, – it's surprising to me to see Lethbridge with the moves that they've made and some of the players they have on that roster be in the situation they're in right now, but that's the boat they're in, and they're going to have to try and play their way out of it. Uh, yeah. I was going to look at the schedule for them quickly just because we're on topic of, of Lethbridge, and I find them interesting nonetheless. The Messinet Tigers podcast talking about Lethbridge Hurricanes. Yeah, yeah. That's a well, bit of a shock. Yeah, it's it's stunning. Um, three games left against the Tigers for the Hurricanes. They also mix in a couple against Edmonton. They got Calgary a handful of times. They got a nice little smorgasbord of teams to play. Saskatoon once, Calgary, uh, PA's in there, Brandon, Moose Jaw, like they, Red Deer, they kind of get everybody once again. So um, they're going to have to, like everyone, kind of pick things up and start running hot here on the tail end of the season. Um, okay, I, I think that's that's it. That's enough. You've done well. I think we've handled things for now. 
Um, your, your thoughts on this weekend, though, going into – and we'll leave it here, just going into Swift on Friday – and back in town Saturday, just uh, kind of an overall oh. thought, vibe, expectation. I, I don't insight. know. I hope it's kind of got that Saskatoon vibe. Like, you don't know. Like, this is a team that's had your number for two, three years For now. sure, yep, yep. Probably your last crack at them when you're going to play them eight to nine times because they're probably going back to the East Division next mm-hmm. year, allegedly. Mm. Uh, the key word being there, allegedly. That could be fun. Actually, that would be a bummer. It would be kind of a bummer. That would be a bummer. It would be kind of like one of those ones where you wish you could get, like, the fifth game. Against, yeah, like like instead of yeah, because like this year we had five games against Regina. Mm-hmm. Like, listen, I, I mean, the the one trip I made to the Innovation Plex this not- year, <laughs> it didn't exactly end in a glowing review. I'll be honest, but I appreciate a fan base that is as diehard and that will travel as well as yes. the Broncos. And I think that uh, any team would be fortunate to be matched up against a team like Swift for that many games, just because. It brings another atmosphere, it brings a level, and it kind of reminds some people as to why you start to like junior hockey, just because it's fun to go around and tour these different cities and towns and get to to see your junior team play. Yeah, I, I, I great fan base. Uh, underrated media room meal experience. I've heard they do well. They I've do heard extremely they do well. well. That's why I think you need to make your way down. I, uh, I, I could be available tomorrow, potentially. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I'm going to make myself available. I'll probably be watching on the couch, truthfully. Fair enough. Um, I mean, the, the, but if they were to match up in playoffs, then, then who, I would be there because I, I am be, planning be to go camp, to playoffs. You'd be, you'd be camped out there in the well, yeah. 94.5 truck. Yeah. I, I like uh, have one of those tent things on the on like the trucks, you know? Like, yeah, right. Yeah, just throw around the box. Yeah. That would be nice. Yeah, I, Outside I, the Innovation Plex parking lot, I haven't heard a show any, with Jess. haven't heard any different yet from Jesse, but I, I think there's still the plan in place to to take the show on the road for, for playoffs and uh, – and kind Ooh, of see what we right. get up to. It'll be kind of fun. Oh, but uh, but yeah, I don't want to go to Swift Current till round two. Yeah, yeah, that's when you would. See, you don't want to go round get, one. I don't want to see that be the four or five. I know that round one wouldn't be an ideal spot, but uh, kind of bonkers. But it would be, or this will be. Uh, we say it a lot that they're big weekends. This weekend's got a little bit more juice this than normal. What, this is the biggest weekend. Right. Will this now. be. Will this be the first true playoff atmosphere? At home Saturday night, and I say that no, because the two teams will have played again the day prior. I think so. Why wouldn't it be like that? You're gonna get that home at home in a, a month's time again. Which that one, who knows if the standings are already made up by then? Like, yeah. say the Tigers run the table a little bit here and mm-hmm. get on a hot get on a. Let's say this: say the Minnesota Tigers win three more games in yep. a row, a four game winning streak for sure. Okay. You'd be damn close to winning the division. You'd be damn close. Yeah, because these are going to be big points this weekend. Yeah, if you, um, and if you, you get both it, of them, oh. both games. Well, then you have that really. Then we have the really gross, smelly week coming up after. That's a smelly week. I just want everybody to get through the smelly week. Every team's going to have it though. In the end of the season, I know. Like we, the Tigers the, the, get there first. A, a rare Friday home game, which not a big fan of me. Okay, yeah. Because no one likes Friday games here. Seems like Saturdays reason. across the league are going better. Yeah, Saturday's say. been really good. But we've got the Friday game against Edmonton. You hope you, you're winning that one, but yep. Edmonton's better than their record shows. Absolutely. And I, and I say that, and that makes me cry to say it, because uh-huh. everybody knows my allegiance to the city of Edmonton. That's right. We'll have a good one. That's right. Then that Sunday at 4 o'clock game against um, Calgary. Yeah. Off day Monday. Tuesday at home, our wonderful Tuesday night banger against Brandon. By the way, Gavin McKenna's autographs will be on that Tuesday game. So you'll Which one, sorry? The Tuesday game against Brandon. Tuesday against Brandon. 
Write it down. I'm just gonna pull up the. I'm gonna pull up. I the love those pocket schedules. Just like March fifth, March fifth, and then March sixth in the NMAX Center. Yeah, against the Lethbridge Hurricanes. Off day, not really an off day. No, because it's going to travel, travel to Saskatoon. Yeah, Saskatoon Friday, and then the Hauser on the Saturday. But that's an easy week to get revved up for. Like it sucks. It's a lot of travel and it's Oof. a lot of games in a short amount of time. Like I said, it's be but, really smelly. Showers might be optional. But the Tigers are the first to that that type of week because yeah. everyone's going to have one like that down the the home stretch, and the Tigers are going to be able to set the pace. Yeah. I feel like, like most teams be in the same boat, right? I don't know what everybody else's schedule is, but I. I I know after, and if you give me a second, I actually... Would I, you like me to say, I, I got one for you. Windsor Plywood, yes, the experts you need, you need to know. know. Yeah, they I figured that's where you were going. I was going to do the liner. Like, I, I'll we'll tell this people moment. this when I broadcast. Like, I talk about, like, if I'm in a little bit of a lull by myself on the road, yeah. you know what, I hit that out-of-town score, or I hit the, the Murray Hyundai yeah, get, get a liner score bug in there. In there. Yep. Liner's great. Yep. Don't forget your liner's up-and-coming broadcasters they will save your butt they actually will they they go a long way the sponsors love you like our great sponsors at winders windsor play the yeah experts yeah. you need to know they, i don't know like you know what the snow's kind of melt a little bit yeah. it's medicine hat summer coming wow. you have to build some deck decking material sure yeah they've got like all the special kind of wood you know if you want some maple special you want some wood. hardwood wow. you know what you need some flooring done tabletops countertops clamps you're good at this wow i've been, i've i've dabbled at a few windsor <laughs> plies in my day like you know all the paints you've and been stains. to a couple yeah i've yeah. had to do a few of those but windsor ply the experts yeah. you need to know you have that schedule there. well done i well i found what i was looking for um <laughs> so the tigers after march 9th will have four games remaining and that's two weekend home and homes with lethbridge, uh, and, lethbridge swift. and swift current the Broncos, after March 9th, will have seven games left. I like that. Uh, and the Red Deer Rebels will have five. So huh. the Broncos will have three games in hand, so they'll have their bulk schedule towards the end of the year, uh, that big week, and Red Deer will kind of go through it around the same time as the Tigers. But um, that, that's why I talk about when, when I say setting the pace, that the Tigers are going to go out, and they're going to be the first ones to go through that, and teams are going to have to chase them. So uh, we'll see how it goes, but hopefully you're able to make it either to the Innovation Plex on Friday in Swift Current, It'll be a 5.45 pregame show on Wild 94.5 with Juno DePali bringing the game at 6 o'clock puck drop. And then at co-op play Saturday night, the Broncos and Tigers will uh, pick up the second half of the home-and-home. Home. Tickets are available, ticks.ca, T-I-X-X.ca, where you can get your tickets. And uh, we'll have a 6.30 pregame show on Wild 94.5 with puck drop just after Is 7 Is Jesse o'clock. back in the arena? Uh, I think that's the hope. I haven't heard if that's the exact plan, but I think it's a hope nonetheless. So. Um, Jesse if, in the trilogy. If nothing else, you can go to the game Saturday and uh, maybe see Jesse. That might be a thing. But on the other side, uh, hopefully, we'll be able to have a conversation with Drew Krebs. If he's here, then great. If not, we're going to wrap up the podcast. But you'll find out in the next segment. <laughs> Tigers Uncaged, brought to you by Windsor Plywood. Jesse and Lance are unleashing the beast. Hey, maybe keep that beast on a leash. More Tigers Uncaged coming up. Powered by Windsor Plywood. The experts you need to know. Contractors choose Windsor Plywood. Do-it-yourselfers choose Windsor Plywood. And people who think, I'm not sure what I'm doing, but these can help me. They choose Windsor Plywood too. With over 50 years experience, Windsor Plywood is the first choice for finishing, building, and renovation projects. With fast delivery, great selection, and helpful service, it's no wonder more people choose Windsor Plywood. Open 8 to 5 Monday to Friday and 9 to 1 Saturday at 2101 10th Avenue Southwest in Medicine Hat. Proud sponsor of Tigers Uncaged. More Tigers Uncaged with Jesse and Lance. Powered by Windsor Plywood, the experts you need to know. Welcome back to Tigers Uncaged, powered by Windsor Plywood, the experts you need to know. Thrilled to be joined by a man who has played in exactly 267 regular season Western Hockey League games. Drew Krebs, hey. The 
the intro's not the same when I don't have Jesse. <laughs> yeah. Like, we usually sure. we'll do the clap and the big cheer. It doesn't yeah. land the same when it's just me. Uh, 267 games, though, man. Yeah, an absolute veteran. That's a tour. Yeah, it is. Does it... Uh, I don't want to, you know, get too nostalgic. There's still a lot of season left to go, and um, but you're aware, right? It's a 20 year old season. Like you, you, you understand kind of the the world that we live in. Mm-hmm. Um, how how quick is it? Really, like the blink of an eye for 267? Yeah, it, it's pretty quick. Like you, right now, you kind of get reminiscent on the earlier years and how it's different. But uh, yeah, it goes by quick, like life in general, though. Yeah, like, true. It feels like I was 14, just looking and watching my brothers play. And now that I'm 20 years old and have a little bit of a beard and mm-hmm. things things come <laughs> by pretty quick. Yeah. Do you ever like, uh, does it come up or, or do you have photos anywhere of like your first headshot in the Western League and then like see the progression kind of like Brandon Tanev in the NHL and how like he progresses every year? Like, do you have that on yours too or no? Yeah. Well, I always see my like, 14 year old uh photo just like oh, yeah. a headshot and i'm like holy <laughs> that guy like if he a, only knew yeah if he only knew what was gonna happen in the western but uh no yeah it, it, it's pretty fun what uh do, do, would you like you know so often when people kind of look back and as you get older you'll find more people start asking this question and it happens a lot on radio stations i don't know why but like if you were to like talk to 14 year old drew or just tell him something to get ready for. Like, what would you tell him? Oh, that's a, that's a I know, it's question. a little deep to kick off. Uh, we just we just got into two minutes of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, We're already going just, into life's deep questions. Yeah, heavy hitters. But, I mean, you know, um, like I said, you, you've seen a lot of games. Um, you've been around the league for a long time. You've seen highs and lows. Yeah. Uh, you know, personally, professionally, all, all the like. Um, I just wonder, you know, what message you would give, you know, Green Drew that's just uh, trying to realize a Western Hockey League dream. Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I think it's not as hard as you think, and mm-hmm. maybe uh, consistency. Just it's all about consistency. Coming to the rink every single day, yeah, and putting forth the best effort possible. But uh, I think coming in and watching it, you're like, holy, how am I gonna play at that level? And then once you start playing, you're like, you understand that. It ain't it, so different. It, yeah, it ain't so different. Once you get used to it, then it's just another it's another uh, level and it's another game. But you adapted to the pace pretty quick, right? Like, you yeah. got thrown in your rookie season. You're playing with a really good team. Yeah. Um, and Lord knows what would have happened before, like, because that was the COVID year, right? It was your first year when COVID shut off the end of the season, was it not? Yeah, it was. And, I mean, with that team, who knows what would have happened because you guys were buzzing at the tail end of that season going into yeah. what was going to be probably a, a decent playoff run. Um but you kind of jumped in and were up to speed. At least on the outside, it looked like you're up to speed pretty quick. Did it feel that way? Like after a couple games? Yeah, I I think just the way that we were set up as a team, we were really o- quite a bit older of a yeah. team. And then uh, me being uh, like one of my best attributes as a player is my skating, so that was never really an issue for me. But uh, no, they put me in a really good situation where I had uh, Eric Van Imp as my D partner, right, who's an yeah. older guy, and. It made a really easy adjustment from uh, minor hockey into the Western Hockey League. That being said, it was difficult. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, Let's not sell like, it. It's not, it's not easy. Yeah, not I'm like 167, soaking wet, going <laughs> yeah. into the Western Hockey yeah. League, and then playing against guys like Mark Kaslik, who's 6'4", like 230. Yeah, so, dude's a beast. Yeah, true. So I was getting tossed around like a ragdoll a little bit sometimes. Right. But 
it, it was a really good situation for me with such a good team to start off with. And then, uh, no, you get your eyes woken up a little bit when you come into my third year with the team. But mm-hmm. uh, no, it's it's yeah, great. the third year. That that was a fun one. Yeah, that was a memorable one. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, I I mean, looking at it now, like career wise, like nearly a plus player, like yeah. plus minuses and everything. It's hardly anything. <laughs> but considering how that third year went, like yeah. it's pretty good considering. Yeah, I, I had a green jacket for sure. That you might have won. Yeah. you might have won the majors. I don't know. Yeah. That was, yeah, it was it was not exactly ideal. Um, but with your start, and now you kind of, as a 20-year-old, look at some of the guys that, you know, are in a similar spot, Kaczkowski and, and Peranich being two young players that are kind of insulated by a really good defense core that now has you and uh, Bogdans and, and Drew, or and you're Drew, and Rhett as overages. Just what's that kind of like to, to pass down what you kind of went through to them and, and kind of see now they're going through a journey that you kind of went through, but you get now the over perspective rather than like the living in the moment perspective. Yeah. I, I think, um, a, a lot of it is still living and learning yeah. as much as someone says something, it doesn't really sink in until, until it happens, it, until it happens to sure. you. But as much as I can, I'll, I'll try to guide them in the direction that I really benefited from, which was the consistency every day coming to the rink and, uh, trying to put your best effort every single game too. Yeah. I, I think a lot of consistency comes from just discipline of doing whatever it takes every day, uh, practice, working out, and all that type of stuff. You've also added, at least it seems that way, like this this physical edge to your game this year. I don't know if like just playing alongside Parsons long enough says, you know what, if he can, I can. But like you, you've thrown more hits, it feels like, this year, like, in, like impact type hits than than in years prior was it was that a thing where you're like you know what like let's throw the body around a little bit this year and and make people pay along the wall yeah I, I think also I didn't really realize that I was as strong as I was on my feet for a yeah. bit where you, you still have the mindset that I'm I, I can get manhandled a little bit the same mindset of uh, when I was like 16 and then I, I was like like I'm actually like kind of a bigger guy (laughs) i'm actually kind of strong yeah Uh so i I think there's a realization period there and then once i realized that i was like oh yeah parsons is doing it once you see him do it enough you're like okay well i could probably like you two are now like sealing off your own walls like i mean during games for example like gino and i will call uh, like Rhett's wall, his office, because it feels like he's delivering somebody either into your bench or along that half wall all yeah. the time. But now you've started doing it around the penalty box and down on the near side at home games where like it, you're both kind of delivering these massive blows and, and teams start to adjust for that. Like teams aren't trying to you know beat you guys outside anymore. They try and walk through you and then it creates turnovers and all that. But uh, it, it's just it, maybe it's one of those things where you don't realize, like you said, you know, how much stronger or how good your shot is, how good your skating is, whatever it is, until you try and implement it a little bit more, right? And then you're like, holy, Mm -hmm. like, I'm actually, for skating, I'm pulling away from guys now. Like, I see that with Harsani Mm -hmm. from the beginning of the year to now. Hayden Harsani now pulls away from guys. And and in your case, like, yeah, okay, I could actually throw massive hits along the wall and I can kind of have a little bit of an edge. And it's, it it feels like it's rounded your game out pretty well. I don't know if it feels that, that same way for you living it. Yeah, no, for sure. No, you see it with a lot of guys where, I don't know, it honestly just takes a game. Yeah. Just one game, and uh, it can just affect your career or your entire season, just one game of being able to 
maybe one massive hit or one do you remember that game for you <laughs> not necessarily no like not <laughs> well, one just jumps out no uh but also maybe being able to reverse a hit or something a guy tries to hit me and i reverse him or yeah because like holy i'm a tough guy maybe i think that's why well, yeah yeah maybe maybe as much as it's a different world where you start shedding the mitts but yeah, yeah i get what you're saying yeah like but i mean to your point with like a reverse hit i think it was it was mercic at home against the blades i think it was on saturday i remember just someone in like the ozone corner just threw a massive reverse hit and it was wasn't somebody that you'd expect maybe her mm-hmm. or something i was like what the hell like but you yeah. see those jolts and that can really change something for a guy in the course yeah. of a season um, y- you mentioned Catholic when you were coming up and starting out in the Western League, but like, who were some of the names when you kind of look back and think of 300 games in the in the Western League that were either battles to play against or fun to play against, annoying, just like people who kind of stood out that that you've lined up against. Well, I'd say when I was 16, those guys would kind of be matched against me because I was on the third D pairing. Right. Yeah. So, Especially on so the road, right? It'd be, it'd be like, oh, uh, Drew's out there. Let's let's <laughs> let's get Mark Cass- <laughs> let's get uh, Dylan Cousins out there. Yeah. So right. th- those guys are a different type of hard. Uh but um I'd say some battles would be of course against Edmonton. Like you, you had all those guys, Gunther, right. uh neighbors, um and then Gooley on the back end. Uh, those uh, just to name a few. And then um Winnipeg having Benson, Savoy, my brother. My brother was pretty fun to play against. Yeah, that would have been cool. And then uh, who else? Um, No, honestly, the list goes on. And then uh, Byron was really fun to play against in my 16. Mm -hmm. Uh, Addison was really cool. Like, he he was really, really good in uh, junior. Yeah, absolutely. Same with Ty Ty Smith. Um, and Ty Smith was nasty. Yeah, and it's nasty. Adieu. Yeah, it was like when you're on the bench just watching them uh, just skate around. It's like, there's some oh. guys though that like that happens, right? Guys on the bench will be like, "What am I seeing?" Yeah. Well, I'm I mean, see- you kind of have that now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm seeing it this year. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you kind of have that with, with I would I would imagine you're leading to Gavin a little bit. Yeah. Um, and just the things that that he can do. Um, but just overall this season, Drew, what's it? What's the the, the vibe kind of been like? Because I mean, you don't really know what you got until you start playing games, right? Mm-hmm. And I, at least on on my point of view, coming into the season, it was wide open. This the Central Division, it still is open, right? Like yeah. nothing's locked up by any means. Um, but it felt like if you, someone would have told me that you know Tigers would be first in the Central, I believe it. If you, someone said the Tigers were fourth in the Central, I believe it because it felt like everyone was so close. Yeah. Just what's the season been like for you, kind of going through it? Um, yeah, I think coming into it. Some of the guys especially thought uh, Red Deer would be a really big powerhouse. But we didn't really know. We we had zero expectations, especially coming off of last year. We, we knew that we want to be like a, a really solid playoff team. Yeah. But we didn't know whether or not we'd be at the top of the division 75% way through the season. Right. So I think just having a great start. Mm-hmm. Like once we started winning games and, and Lindy coming in and ble- being the player he was and uh, having Gav make impact right away, yeah. it really transitioned our mindset to let's let's win the d- division and uh, yeah and so far we're we're uh, full head of steam. Yeah, you're on track on yeah. track with what twelve games left in the regular season. Uh, can you can you pass along a message to Caden to hurry the hell up and come back? Because uh, you guys have been playing really well. Like he hasn't played since Christmas for yeah. for those who had no idea. Uh, but I'm sure anyone that listens knows. 
Um, but you guys have handled it really well, and that's like it's a big loss. He was scoring nearly a goal per game, um, and he's he's a finisher that you take out of the lineup, and still finding a way to to win games. And maybe this year more than any, like you guys are winning in different ways. Like yeah. I mean, you, you come off of uh, a, a wild, we'll call it nine seven in Edmonton, <laughs> um, but then just before that, you have lockdown games against Saskatoon and PA, where there's just not a lot of space, and mm. it's like. You know, even last year, there'd be some nights where you guys would come out and just, like, run a team. And it would be, you're up six, and like, well, okay, this one's done. And that's happened, I guess, in times this season, but it feels like there's been more variety, and you guys have had to get adapted to different games and, and play them well. Yeah, I think that's for sure. Um, we're just winning different types of games, and knowing yeah. uh, if we're not bringing our A game, just bringing a B game and trying to gritty out a, a couple a uh, couple wins and uh no i i really like compared to last year we're finding ways to win i, I thought last year we'd sometimes find ways to lose right in a way yeah like all the one goal games especially in the stuff start, would slip away yes stuff would slip away mm -hmm. we, we'd maybe lose in the third period or something but right. this year we have the confidence Sometimes the arrogance to, <laughs> to come back from four goals or two goals in uh -huh. the third period, and uh, it's showing big dividends for our, our uh, record. That's for sure. It's funny you say that though, because like after Saturday, um, Gino and I were doing the post game show with with Joe Fraser, and you know it feels like in, in dating back to last year too. Like any games that that you guys had against you know high end competition, whether it was Winnipeg last year or Kamloops this year, Saskatoon. You guys kind of elevate and and you find a way to deliver against those uh, those teams in those games, and then the inverse was like Joe saying, you know, it's also kind of frustrating because sometimes we know we can get to that level, but then for whatever reason we don't against, let's say PA for example, there's mm -hmm. based off of a record right where you see it, and it's like okay, like we should be kind of running on on PA and we can't mm -hmm. really buy one against Hildebrand for that night or whatever it is, just. Well, you've seen you've seen the highs and the lows. Like you, you've been through the valleys and, and the peaks more than anybody. Like, is there even a whole lot to to say on the bench at the time, or is it one of those things that like you continually do have to go through as a group to not just say, okay, well, like B is good enough tonight, C plus will get it done, right? Yeah. Well, you don't I, intend to go that way. Yeah. I, I shouldn't phrase it like that either. Yeah. Like you guys aren't going out and saying, well, B game is going to be good enough, but. You also know, like when you're sitting there in a one-one game in the second against a team that you, you know, were in the room before the game, thinking you should beat, that you're not at your A game. You guys can, you're pretty aware of that. Yeah, and the, I, I think that's just like, uh, I think Joe and uh, the coaching staff say a lot is um, maturing as a team. Yep. Where you uh, find ways to just win those type of games and um, all. Well, maybe bringing it back to the simple play and not trying to beat guys one on one and right. doing all that extra stuff that sometimes when we're we're going we we're able to do and pull off, but not mm -hmm. necessarily against uh, a team that we're trying to just scrape by. And with you know the there's been so many guys that have taken big steps on your forward group this year, right? Like we, we talked about Lindstrom and and the start that he had. Gavin obviously is doing his thing. But even, you know, a lot of the rookies are, are picking up and providing offense. And, and last year it felt like you guys on the blue line almost had to get worked in a bit more offensively to, to mm -hmm. generate and create just with how the team was kind of built and, and running. Yeah. And now this year it's not that you don't have to get involved, but it's almost like the, the plan with the puck maybe changes a little bit. It's like just get it to a space 
to keep the play alive instead of, okay, the puck's on my stick. I need to create. Yeah. yeah. Does it feel that way? Yeah, I, I think it does. And then um, once you pass it up to guys, they're not sometimes making as simple as a play, maybe just a shot or something. Yeah. They're doing a little toe jig through the legs. Uh, that's a thing we hear a lot. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's, it, it's not unique. You're not, you're not breaking any, uh, any news there. Yeah. Like we, we've heard that a lot. For, again, I just look back in the conversation with Joe and, you know, there, there's a lot of nights where after game show will be like, yeah, we still passed up too many sh- shooting opportunities. Yeah. So also, yeah. if you have creative guys, like part mm-hmm. of me says, like, you, you you give them the sandbox. You gotta let them play in the sand a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. No, no, we have. It really just drives you nuts when you don't <laughs> shoot the puck. I guess. <laughs> no, we have, we have some really unreal forwards. Uh-huh. So just giving them the puck here, you have a chance at getting an assist, even if it's in a, just a defensive zone breakout at this point. Yeah. But um, uh, no, they they have the free reins to pass it fourteen times between each other before shooting. Yeah. And. Uh, they do it and they score, so uh-huh. I, I'm not uh, going against them. That's no, for sure. no, that's but, right. Uh, that's right. I, I do agree with you uh, off of that. Uh, like just how your kind y- of yeah has changed a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it has changed a little bit where we're not controlling the offense as much or pushing the offense. I'd say, but I'd, I'd still. To an extent, I, I like to hop in the play. Absolutely, and d- do my thing. I mean, you guys still jump in. Like yeah. I, I think. I think of you jumping into the rush. Uh, we're seeing more out of out of Bogdan's doing it this year. Yeah, uh, I, I call it like the Andreessen special when he gets lost on the back door. Yeah, and when like a, the play is being cycled on his off wing in the corner, and then you just see Reed from the blue line kind of sneak down to the net. Like yeah, exactly. th- you guys are still getting involved, but it just feels like there's more. Like it's more equitable uh, across the group, so you guys aren't being relied upon as heavily. Yeah, for to, sure. To have to to make those plays. Um, What's it like playing with Rhett? Because I mean, you guys have been together for a lot of the season. Yeah, no, it's good. He, he's he's a great guy. So he's always. Well, you don't want to brag him up too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't want to get his ego. No, going too I, yeah, much. yeah, yeah. Then he's gonna be doing something stupid. Next <laughs> year. But uh, no, he, he's a great guy to to play with. He's always there. He's defensive support, and then just a physical presence out there mm-hmm. makes me have a little bit more space when he's out there because. He's, he's he's creating uh, space. He's creating space. He's also dragging you into yeah. some fights. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, he's good for it. Yeah, he's good for it. It, it. He's a fun time to play with. Yeah, and it's just it's a you know different style. And and for a lot of this year, you know the pairings are maybe getting mixed and matched a little bit. But like you and Red have been together now for for quite a few games in a row, um, and it just seems like the balance works out, mm-hmm. right? Like you know everyone has things they excel in and are detractors to their game. Like no one's perfect at everything. Um, But you guys just seem to balance each other just so well. And you're taking top line minutes and and facing top pairings kind of like when you were 16, it's the same deal again, where you guys are getting matched up against the other team's best, but it feels like more often than not, you guys are winning it. And it, it like, I also just look at things like the penalty kill, right? Like for example, that's become, something that's been so much more improved this year over last and, and the confidence you can see with it. Mm-hmm. It's just confidence across the board seems to, to have hit a different level this year. Yeah. I, I think yeah. that I can agree with that a hundred percent. No, I, I think we just have a lot of confidence as a group to do what we're supposed to do. And then we, we know our, our roles and um, just try to complete our roles to the best of our abilities. Like, uh, when me and Paris go up against the top lines of our of the other team, 
we know that our goal is to shut down those those top lines and it's a it's a disappointment if you don't but mm-hmm. uh I, I think we have the confidence that we can do it every single night and then with the pk that's another challenge and an expectation to shut down their power play yeah. no matter who it is so we'll we'll get into the power kill in a second but you know it feels like if there's ever been a guy and we've gino and i've said this on the broadcast a bunch of times like if there was ever a guy that the tigers would like to have defending odd man rushes this season it'd be you honestly and it feels like you've had to deal with a handful of them i don't know why it's just situations end up being what they are and the puck bounces in a way that okay you're back on on odd man rushes but like is is there a bit of a a communication between yourself and the goaltenders on how to handle those things is it just like in theory right because everything happens so fast but i would imagine there's maybe some guys that are more comfortable taking a shot rather than you know some guys who maybe want to take a pass across but it, it feels like more often than not you're on the right side of handling odd man rushes like you you break them up well yeah I think I think there's different ways to look at it. Of course, you're trying to t- take away the pass. That's what our coaching staff really wants us to yeah. do. And I think you just play it based upon what hand they are. Uh, depending on if they're coming on their strong side or weak side, uh, you can see if they're more opportune to shoot or pass. And then you can also cheat towards it. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's all about a little bit of a deception in defending as well. Yeah. People think about there's deception in um, like passing and with the puck, but there, I think there's a lot of deception in uh, play without the puck, making right. guys think that something's open w- when it's actually what you want them to do. Well, was it against PA? I, I can't remember if it was PA or Saskatoon. It was this past weekend, and I'm pretty sure you were back defending. It was like a two that ended up being almost a three-on-one. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you talking about the deception – stalled it off long enough that, like, okay, guy goes, realizes the pass is taken away, but then the shot's taken away. So now he's kind of caught in between. Yeah. He stops. Winger goes way past the net. Trailer's kind of in no man's land. No shot ends up taking place. Puck goes in the corner, and it's yeah. cleared out. Um, like, how – I don't want you to give away, th- you know, tricks of the trade. I don't know that anyone really is is going to be listening that doesn't know them. But, like, maybe for – for a younger player, how how can you maybe deceive yourself in a way that, so say you're handling a two on one, you can make it a little uncomfortable for him. Yeah, th- this is actually my oldest oldest brother's specialty. He's a, runs a D camp, but uh, okay. Um, I think we can pay him money for this. Yeah, by the we way, can pay him it is yeah. a tip. Bring, yeah. bring him on the call. That's uh, right. No, I I think with. Uh, Deception is uh, holding back your stick, so not having it fully extended. That might be one thing. And then also your eyes. Okay. Your eyes say a lot. And then uh, which way your toes are facing, too. Mm-hmm. Um, the I, toes I, is a big one, right? Yeah. And, and then, yeah, a lot, a lot of it is just stick placement. Mm-hmm. It's just showing something with the stick and then having it where you're able to move it quickly. But the thought to be able to do all that and like kind of come up with a plan to handle it, it sounds all nice in theory, but like it, that happens in like four seconds. Yeah. Like from the time that you see the rush developing to mm-hmm. the play ending, four or five seconds tops, and either the puck's in the net or it's stopped or it's in the corner, and so you have to like kind of register all that. Like you talked about, even handedness, strong side, weak side. Mm-hmm. What's the other guy doing? Like that's a lot to to take in in a short amount of time. Yeah, it, it is, but. Uh... Well, I, I guess that's why uh, 
you do it over and over again and practice yep. and you just get reps. And once you get more reps, then you get more used to like seeing the situation when you go into it, like, uh, without practicing or anything, well, then, screwed, th yeah. then you'd be screwed and you'd be undressed. Be like me going out there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I know what you're saying. I get it. But of course, then there's guys who give deception to you, which that puts you in a little bit of a blender. If you, <laughs> <laughs> if you, uh, are trying to be the one who controls the two on one, but like, those are always great when you go back to the bench after and you were in kind of that blender a little bit and you're yeah. just like, oh, yeah. here we are. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, you know, you're probably swearing a little bit. You're like, what happened? Yeah. Like, it, it happens to everybody, though. No, it happens for sure. I, I have it happen more in practice, honestly. Yeah? But, uh, no, it, it, it's it's really, it, it changes depending on guys. And, mm -hmm. uh, no, it's a lot It's a lot of fun. So. Earlier this season, did you, you had a, was it a cage first or a bubble? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I did have a bubble for, like, a period. Yeah, yeah. you had a bubble for a period. And I, we can laugh about it now because, like, it's over and done with. Um, but I remember there was one turnover you hated. Oh. Like, you looked down for the puck. In, it was in your own corner. Looked down for it, and it was in your feet. And because the bubble, it, it looked like, from my end, like the bubble was getting in the way, and you couldn't really tell for sure. Yeah. Ends up getting picked off you in the back of the net. And it, then you came out the next period with it off. Yeah. Well, so what happened was I was in Kamloops, and I broke my nose against Kamloops. I, I got hit in the face, and then you I, wouldn't you wouldn't be able to know. Yeah, couldn't tell. <laughs> no, Healed not great. not with my nose. Yeah, it's 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 a tough nose. Um, <laughs> so I broke my nose against Kamloops, but I didn't really know if it was broken or not because I've been hitting my nose so much that at this point I I yeah it's hard yeah. and my there's no sensitivity in it anymore. Okay, so then I played. Uh, Prince George with no no cage or yeah. just my visor. And then I uh, played that game, thought it was fine. And then I go home and my nose is like cracking and stuff whenever I touch it. So I was like, okay, this is this is bad. So Mickey tossed on a, on a uh, bubble. Uh -huh. I practiced with a bubble and it was probably my worst practice I've ever practiced with a bubble. Right. Because I wore a cage when I was in minor hockey and never wore a bubble. Yeah. And for some reason, the bottom just refracted or something uh -huh. that reflected and I couldn't see anything <laughs> in the bottom. So Mickey doesn't let me take off my bubble. So I just go into the next game. I'm playing and I can't see anything through the bottom of my uh, bubble like you couldn't see nothing no no so way. one time i turned it over i get onto the bench and willie comes to me and he's like you either have to have it like you're gonna have a good shift yeah or you're gonna take off your bubble or you're just gonna get undressed yeah just pick one and just make a decision <laughs> no. and so i'm like ah, i'll just take off my bubble and oh then so i went God. and grabbed a new helmet uh with a visor and then played yeah. the rest of the period and then played the rest of the game and I've never Because the rest a, of the night was good. <laughs> yeah, I had a great rest of the night, but that start was, it was a tough start. I just, like, I, I remembered it because we we noticed, you know, you, you it's noticeable when someone has one on, right? Like a yeah. bubble or a cage or whatever. And I'm like, okay, they must be, you know, nursing something. Um, but yeah, if you never had a bubble playing minor, like... I think a lot of kids, maybe there's more now that are wearing bubbles because, like, Bedard wore it at World Juniors, and now mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a thing, right? Yeah. But, I mean, cages were always what everyone that I played with wore. Yeah. So I couldn't imagine having to go play with a bubble 
and to your point, like it, the, the it feels like it's not a big deal, mm-hmm. but the views I got to think are completely different. Yeah, well, I thought it'd be similar to a visor since there's similar actually, idea. Yeah, similar idea, but it just didn't work at all, and <laughs> I was just overheating in my bubble, and uh-huh. yeah, it just. It wasn't a good plan. Okay, well, sorry if I brought up scar tissue. <laughs> no, it's, it's good. I just couldn't. I, I couldn't it. help but laugh after because it's like, okay, as soon as the first period's over, you come out in the second, and suddenly there's no, there's no bubble on. Yeah. And I said to Gino, I was like, yeah, that's that's never getting put on again. No. Like, but life can't be that bad. <laughs> so, like, did you just play with like the visor, but it was still like kind of busted up or whatever? But like you said, you don't yeah. have feeling. Oh, in it, so it's like... Yeah, it was broken. My mom was actually really mad at me. <laughs> She's like, Drew, you're going to flatten your nose against your face. But I, It's a fighter's look. That's yeah, all it is. You yeah, see it guys is. do it all the time. I, I have scars all over. I'm like, oh, I can't get any worse than it is. Me and my, me and my uh, brother Peyton, yeah. we have the exact same nose. And we run into the same issue. I, I probably get like five sticks a season that hit my nose. Really? And like bleed. It's just insane. I'm like actually I, surprised it's not higher, considering just like the amount of minutes that you play and the yeah. the, the work that you have to do. Like yeah. I figured y- you might end up with like 30. Yeah. But five is still annoying. Don't get me wrong. It's yeah. not great. Well, in the last two weeks, I've had two in my face. So okay, and then that's not great. Yeah, I have two scars right here on my face, and no, it, it's just it's brutal. Yeah, honestly, it's like. I always say that it's almost like there's like a magnetic force or something that's attracting all the sticks to my nose, but (laughs) it It happens, man. Yeah. It's it's a constant struggle. My my girlfriend doesn't like it. No. Yeah. Well, what are you going to do? Yeah. It happens. It happens. Just trying to, you know, make a living. That's all you're doing out here. Sometimes you got to get a stick in the nose. Yeah. Things happen. Um, Okay, so the, there was that thing that happened with the with the bubble. It, it happened. It's over. Uh, a great thing that happened was you scoring from basically your back. Uh, that was kind of fun this year. Oh yeah. Do you remember that goal? Yeah, my first goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah, the, yeah. It was I remember that one. I think it was That's in the second period, and you were like laying quite literally on your back at co-op place and chipped one in. Yeah, that was pretty. It was cool. like a golf vibe a little bit. Yeah, it was. I think uh, was that Gina who said it was like a forty-five or a sixty. Degree yeah, something like that. Yeah. Onto it, but no, it was it was a relief. It was a monkey off the back. That's for sure. Like I think I was twenty-something games in, and hadn't had a goal yet. So I was like, right. I, need, I need to get this going. Does that like it obviously weighs on on everybody? Like you're aware when you haven't scored, it's it's almost too obvious to you when you haven't scored. Like you, no one has to remind you. You know. Yeah. Um. But like. You know, being a twenty-year-old now, you like as we've said many times, you've seen the highs and the lows. Mm-hmm. Probably find an easier way to handle it, and you can handle it a little bit better. Yeah. Um, like, there's a guy on the team right now that still hasn't found one. He's rung like four posts. He he's hit everything except the back of the net. Yeah. Like, how I, do you just say keep shooting, kid? And to to who I'm referring to is Matt Peranich. Yeah. Because he's had chances, and I love seeing him set up in the ozone. And sticks in the rafters. Like the guy's ready to unload one timers on anybody. <laughs> yeah. But it just it just hasn't fallen for him. No. I, I, I think it just eventually you'll you'll get one. That's all I said. Like he'll probably get one and it'll go off someone's ass or something uh-huh. like that. Yeah. Yeah, it'll just be a really ugly one. Uh-huh. Or it'll be the nicest whatever. I, I don't know. I can't predict the future. But No, sure. Uh, <laughs> they always seem to be ugly though. But yeah. they always seem to be a, a weird bounce. Uh-huh. Like uh, Sometimes they'll they'll go in, and sometimes they won't. It's just 
keep doing your thing and keep getting shots. Um, maybe hit the net. Um, <laughs> that, that helps. Yeah. yeah. Were you saying your, that to yourself after like you know game ten, twelve, and you don't have a goal yet? You're like okay, like yeah. just hit the net. Like yeah. Just I, well, try. I'm like, if you don't shoot, you can't really score. So it's true. I'm it like, is difficult. Yeah. I'm like, you gotta shoot, Drew. Like just true. get some pucks on that, and then once. Once I got them on that, then eventually they started falling. Well, even bit. if you're shooting for tips, right? Yeah. Like you're, you're shooting, you know, just to – because what you the forwards have been really good at, like kind of flying around on high screens most of the time. Mm-hmm. It, it feels like there's a lot of times now this year compared to, you know, last that, you know, forwards are getting to the net. When the cycle comes up to you, um, they, there's usually a body in front. And if not, you guys are able to delay a second or two to get someone there. Yeah. Um, and it's amazing when just shooting just to get a stick on it ends up going in. Like, it yeah, happens exactly. way more than you'd think. Yeah. I think my one goal against Moose, I was that exact same thing. Where yeah. I, I just took a slap shot from the point, and <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it went in. Wow. Yeah, it worked. It, it worked. It's but great. Yeah. I, I think that in premise works really well. Um, just getting shots on that. The more you get pucks to the net, then the It's more, amazing how it works, yeah. Hey? Because it feels like that's how teams are playing you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, like 100%. it's a lot of volume, right? Yeah, exactly. Like teams, ha- have you noticed that too? It, it feels like more and more teams in the second half of the season have have all kind of tried to play you guys in a similar style where they they're trapping through the neutral zone. They're not. They're trying to slow you guys down through the middle of the ice. And when they're in your end, it's just is this like a C-rated shot opportunity? Okay, let's take it. Like they're just firing as many pucks to the yeah. net. And trying to get to the crease. Is it, have you noticed that as well, or am I just on Mars? <laughs> no, you're not on Mars. Okay, all right, go <laughs> um, No, I, I think that uh, knowing the high-end forwards that we have, I think that has to be a huge thing going into our games against us, that you've got to shut us down off the rush because we can create off the rush. Yeah. And eventually something will go in, especially with the high-caliber players that we have. And then for shots, honestly, they're – probably premises no shot is a bad shot go low to high get some tips in we get a lot of goals against that are just shots from the point there's a lot of that and then maybe some rebounds like it feels like every team that that you guys have taken on since christmas is just trying to get the puck in the corner go to the blue line and then just throw something towards the net yeah and that i think that is the same on uh our pk as well where a lot of times it's a D-man shooting from the point and yeah. a rebound in front of the net or where they kind of outnumber us. So they that has to be – well, that has to it be. It feels like that's what they're doing yeah. anyway. Um, we didn't actually talk about the penalty kill, so let's quickly talk about that. Um, this past Monday, maybe not great. No. Maybe not one you wanted to just write home about. You, you, you allow four for, of six, but – Park that. It's it's more of an anomaly. Like mm-hmm. I said in the past segment with Gino, it was a bit of a disaster on the penalty kill. Um, but I feel like you can call it that because it's not something that's happened yet this year. Because the penalty kill has been really good. Yeah. Really, really good. And, you know, there's been and a, a strange number of, like, two-man penalty kills I have to deal with. Like, five-on-threes have been a thing yeah. uh, a decent amount this year. Maybe not as of late. But the penalty kill has become really, really consistent. And I just talk to a lot of people that are on it and it's a lot of maturity and, mm-hmm. and just being a year older, right? And kind of understanding things a little bit. But just the entire groups of four, like when you guys go out, it feels like it's just 
it, it's clicked this year, you know? Yeah. Does it feel like, and maybe there's a benefit. Before you jumped here, you were actually doing extra work on the penalty kill. There was yeah. a penalty kill little session happening. Yeah. Um, I got to think there's a benefit, though, to, to taking on what you guys have for a power play. Oh, yeah. And practicing against that day in and day out. 100% when you have one of the top power plays, if not the top power play in the league mm-hmm. on a constant day-to-day basis, you're going to get better as a PK unit. And that, well, I, I think that helps us a lot. And then also Mazes uh, really took us on and he's done a ton of research and d- made our PK what it is today. So Because yeah, he was lot- talking with us about like how Carolina was kind of like a team to look at and, and how the Hurricanes kill penalties and yeah. Suddenly, if you pull up a Hurricanes game and you watch that, and you can kind of see some similarities to how you guys go about things. Yeah, I, I think that's hundred percent it. And then we've switched. Well, since my first year, we've completely switched what our PK is, and yeah. now do like a diamond formation, which has completely transformed our overall percentage. Mm-hmm. And then, although that was anomaly last game, it's good um, character builder. Yeah, and, yeah, you, uh, you could find a positive out of yeah. it. Yeah. It's a little reminder that, you know, maybe the kill, like everything else, maybe yeah. isn't as good as you think it is. Yeah, room for improvement, that's for sure. Hits the ego a little bit. It does. Yeah, yeah. but... Uh, Those are good for you. Yeah, very good for us. Make sure that's as small as possible. And even to that end, like, I, I've I've said it's a shame that you guys didn't have Red Deer, for example, once a month in the schedule. Just because it feels like every time you play Red Deer, your details have to be on point. Just because, like they're they're not the most offensively dominant team this season. They're not scoring at an insane clip. Mm-hmm. They just don't allow much either. No. Like there's not a whole lot of free space. Um, when when you have those types of games, and Edmonton kind of provides that now uh, after that game on Monday, like it, it, does it act a bit as a bit of a reset? Like can you kind of feel that around the guys where it's like, okay, let's we gotta dial this back in again? Yeah, I I think so. When. It's 16 goals in one game. It's a lot. Um, you only got outscored that day by like Vancouver, Minnesota. Yeah, I think that was the same day. Yeah, they had 17, I think so. so. Yeah, they had the 10-7 game. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, that was nuts. So no, you really think? Well, you look back and you're like, well, we need to dial it in defensively in the first. Sure, football, but you can look at the positive and negatives, of course, of every single game where mm-hmm. we're scoring nine goals. So that's right. That's also really good. Yeah, we're doing it really good, and then. Uh, seven goals against um, I think uh, six of which were either PK or a like shorthanded goal so mm-hmm. special teams needs to dial in a little bit but we our special teams have been so good this entire year yeah. it's not it's not like we're gonna lose trust in what we can do it's just so, a one-off more than yeah anything. it's more, more of a one-off and we're like okay and the positive we, we know we, we know what we are you give up one five on five goal yeah, it's another positive, I suppose. It's a yeah. strange positive to look at in the seven goal yeah. effort, but you can you can take away whatever you want to take away out of it, yeah, right? And there's exactly. always positives to be found. Um, you've had a handful of goaltenders you played with. I, I'm curious. It was it was a strange start to the year. I don't know that anyone anticipated three goaltenders being in the room for as long as they were. No, um, and I don't know that. I mean, the three of them all handled it about as as well as you could, and they were all delivering. Um, mm-hmm. But now you have Zach Sahara, Ethan McCallum. Uh, what kind of stands out to you with each one of them? Like you've seen a lot of goaltenders in your time in the Western League. Just what kind of stands out with each of them? Um, I, I think with Z, especially, um, he just competes so hard. And 
he has the consistency and discipline every day that kind of puts him ahead. I don't think that he was always the guy that the team thought was going to be put into the like yep. make make the team necessarily. Yep. And he's proven himself through his hard work and everything like mm-hmm. that he deserves to have a spot in this roster. And then Ethan is just a big force and he's just consistency uh calm cool and collected so i i think they both have their uh have their attributes that they bring to the table and they're a good tandem for us yeah like it feels like whether whether teams would like to admit it or not like when you're watching you can kind of see teams play differently with whoever they have in net mm-hmm. nothing changes with you guys it feels like it doesn't like whoever's in net there's the same amount of confidence yeah. and and the style that you guys play is consistent and it, it really does speak to both Zach and Ethan and the way they've been playing and, and to your point I mean Z's road was was interesting to get here right I mean he comes to the team a couple of years ago and it was a lean year and it felt like anytime he was in it was in relief and it just didn't really go well no um and for Ethan it maybe had a bit more expectation and has had some tougher starts but then always finds a way to bounce back yeah. and just make enough stops um like always making that next stop to give the team a chance to win yeah for sure it, it's been like I said, that had to be weird when there was when there was three because it just doesn't happen. Like, yeah, not to pull again from Carolina. Like I understand that they maybe influenced the penalty kill. They're also one of the only teams that run that ran three goalies, right? Oh, I didn't know that. Well, I mean, they had <laughs> for a time. It was Freddie Anderson, uh, Kachetkov, and and Antiranta. So yeah. I mean, they would run three goalies, wow. and maybe not by design, but like a guy goes out for a day and then another one comes in, whatever. So yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Evan May, yeah, didn't play a road game for like four months or something like really? that. It was, it was just like, uh, but but they they did keep each other accountable. Like everyone was competing for a spot and like the starting job and that, so right. it kind of worked well in in premise. But uh, at the end of the day, so when they shipped uh, Maisie on off, and yep. now we have uh, Z and uh, McCallum, so. Yeah, and, and like I said, they've—I mean—they're taking turns at being on the WHL plays of the week. So if yeah. nothing else, that's that's comforting knowing that you got a guy that can make a highlight stop if they need one. Yeah, for sure. Um, what's it now? You're kind of, you know, final whatever month of the regular season. You go into playoffs, and um, you mentioned your your family and your brothers, and and kind of picking you know, things up from them, you, you talk, obviously, I would imagine your brothers, you probably have some conversations. Yeah. Um, have they mentioned anything to you on the, you know, the, this season, um, about what it's like going in as a 20, like, uh, I believe Dakota handled that as a 20. Um, then Peyton would have been gone before he was 20. Yeah. But, uh, but just uh, what those conversations are like with them kind of going through the, the, the big hurrah, the big 20 season. Um, I, I think Dakota was just leave it all out on the line. Like, yeah. um, there's really nothing to lose. Um, no, no, not really. Just, just play your game and have fun. It's, mm. it's fun playing junior hockey. So, and this is literally the last year of it. So right. do what you can and don't leave everything on the line so that you don't re- regret not, not doing that. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, with Peyton is just, I think he has the same premise of just, making sure that I I put all all I can into it and um they're just always there for for a chat and 
some some good advice, mm-hmm. whether I remember it or not. <laughs> okay, well, you gotta listen. <laughs> yeah, you gotta start listening a little bit yeah. more. I yeah, think that exactly. would help out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, also, you have a sister, Madison. Yeah. Uh, do you want to plug her music? <laughs> of course. Because you, you were bringing it up to me. What was yeah, it? Yeah, I, I, I think was... it was just before Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. So you yeah, feel yeah. free to plug her music. We got yeah, time. Madison Krebs music. That's just two Ds in Madison. Yeah, two Ds. That's important. Yeah. And uh, no, she she's an unbelievable singer, and she's the most creative, yeah. I would think, out of the uh, the four of you. Yeah, yeah, by far. I think I don't know that. I I guess I shouldn't assume. Yeah, I don't know no, what, no, no. She is. That's, like maybe that's you're a sure. painter, and I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't have any secrets. No, I, nothing no, like that. No, no, nothing like that. Is is it been you know kind of different on this this year like? Because there's a little bit of, of trying to like plan for the future as well, right? Like you kind of want to have an idea of, of what's to come. You yeah. eventually need to to map that out in some way. Mm-hmm. Like have have those things started already for you, where you're kind of mapping out you know future steps. You don't have to say what they are, but um, well, I I think it really ends up coming to this last bit. I I really just want to do as good as I can in the um this last bit of the year and then see where my future unfolds mm-hmm. I, i'm hoping for some things and yep. i really want them to happen and um i'm gonna do whatever i can to get them yep. yeah that's fair that's i like that keep the mystery open yeah because listen there's so many different things that can happen right it's hard to say yeah. exactly what will but uh what i do know is that wherever you go and play next uh, you're gonna make a team very happy um the the development has been really cool to see like i like i i remember when you jumped in to 16 and like you said, there was a lot of veterans on that group on your first season and you might've been one of like the only rookies that year. Yeah. Well, it was me, uh, Cole Sillinger, but he came after like, did he not join in playoffs? If I remember right for my 16 year old. Yeah. No, no, we were were the same age. Okay. Um, and then it was Scarum Bjorklund, uh, who plays for Stingrays in Carolina and he was a goalie. And then he still is a goalie. I yeah, suppose. he, yeah, we he, could he say is that. still yeah. a goalie. Yeah, that he hasn't changed. He, he didn't switch to player <laughs> and play. But now he's playing pro. Um, and then we had a few other, a uh, few other guys, um, Caleb Williams, uh, and uh, I'm impressed you remember Noah, all that. Noah Danielson, uh, Damon Ajman. Man, there's a lot. Yeah, and then I think that was it. And you were in there like every night. Yeah. Like you're you're playing every every night it felt like and yeah. to see like the the jump and and the transition that you made it's been it's been really cool to see. Yeah. Um and I know, you know, we on the podcast or people around talk about yeah, like the future is going to be great like in the next couple of years there's a lot to like. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing saying there's nothing to like right now either. Like No. It, it no. feels like there's just as good of a reason as any for you guys to go on a run. Yeah. Does it sure. feel that way? No, I think 100% um, Obviously, you almost have to say that, but like it yeah, genuinely yeah. does feel like there's there's something brewing with the team. Yeah, exactly. Getting Caden uh, back, going into playoffs is going to make a massive difference, yeah. and I, I think that could push us over the edge of making a, a real run this year. And um, no, I'm really excited for the season and what brings of this this end. And, yeah. And, uh, Hopefully it lasts a long time, and I hope so. Uh, man. It very well could. We're talking months, months. Uh, Wouldn't that be electric? <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't that be electric? Yeah. Go, go, hang out at the member or something stupid. Yeah. Go try be, that out. Yeah, that'd be unbelievable. That wouldn't be bad. Um, last question because we we did bring it up, and people, uh, I would imagine, would be somewhat interested. We always like to to say, 
Jesse and I on this podcast that, you know, we, we see you guys on the ice and we know that you're hockey players, but you have lives outside of it. Yeah. What does Drew Krebs do when he's not at, 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 at work, at the office, on ice, <laughs> playing hockey? At the office, ice. Wow. What are you doing? Uh, I'm hitting up chop leaf like probably <laughs> three, four times a week. Really? Okay. So yeah, I'm I'm addicted. So, so you could be a chop leaf franchisee at some point. You yeah, can open one. I'm I'm a degenerate for chop leaf. Good. And good. then uh, oh, after that, I honestly I don't do that much. But okay, all right. R- reading books. Sure. Okay, watching, that's something. Like I I grind Netflix like crazy. Okay. I, I probably know every movie on Netflix by now. Five really? years. Five years. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. And then uh, eating dinner, taking naps. Okay. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. You don't. You, you, you eat. <laughs> you do things that need to be done over the course of a day. Yeah. Stre- stretching like that. And <laughs> like, do you pick up yoga? Like, is that what you're talking about? Stretching? Like, yeah, maybe, maybe just a YouTube. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yoga session. But I uh, mean, you, you sound like you are wild. I'll be honest. You yeah. sound like you're, you're almost un, unhinged in the yeah. amount of things you're people, doing. People would be crazy. Like, surprised by how much i do yeah i can yeah. tell yeah. there's so much going on <laughs> you're eating chopped leaf but you're yeah. stretching yeah um you read and you watch netflix yeah maybe i hop on a facetime once in a while okay too. good yeah. good yeah. uh but like uh no no golfing Oh, you mean like just in, in general? Su- oh, maybe oh, not necessarily here, but I, I like, thought you meant just here. Well, that, I figured we like, crack open a bit more. You're yeah. pretty well focused on hockey here. I <laughs> yeah. understand that. Yeah, I was like. You really, but like you maybe what? have hobbies outside oh, yeah, of hockey. I, I 100% have hobbies outside of hockey. Okay, well, that was good. I'm <laughs> yes. glad that we now also know what you do during a day. Yeah. You eat and yeah. sleep. I was and just read. doing a day in the life for you guys. Yeah, th- oh, that would be electric. Yeah. You guys have the TikTok account. You probably could. <laughs> yeah, probably. But I, I do I do play golf. Yeah. Okay. Me and my, uh, me and my brother, uh, Peyton, both had memberships to a golf course just outside Okotoks last year. And okay. We're getting another uh, membership for next summer. So. We're getting that dialed you in. You can give them a pub if you want to say which course. I, I don't know. Unless uh, you want Heritage to keep Point. Heritage, okay. Yeah, Heritage Point, just outside Okotoks. There's so, a lot of nice spots around there. Yeah, it's it's pretty dialed. So, uh, um, it, yeah, it'll be fun. Because what, then, Okotoks, is the Darcy still there? Yep. That's yep. a course, I believe. Yeah, just or, outside Okotoks. Or, like, I guess it's in Okotoks Yeah, now. now it's in. It was on the outside. Yeah, and then uh, uh, me and Peyton go mountain biking quite or once in a while okay yeah he has a mountain bike i usually just rent one because they're outrageously priced okay <laughs> it's insane I'm okay. like they don't even have have an engine and right they're like eight thousand dollars okay that is insane i had no idea yeah that's not like th- those are the best ones of course but sure um, but if you're gonna go get the yeah. get a good one yeah. yeah so i just rent one sure um what else do i do well this is a lot better than opening chop leaf stores and watching netflix i will yeah. say like yeah. you actually, you know, do stuff. Yeah, I I do have a life. That's yeah. good. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean to say you did, but like you kind of let in. It was like I don't know. Like Drew really just likes to eat. Okay, <laughs> good. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I I'll never forget. It was like two years ago. Saw you at Calgary Stampede. Yeah. Uh, saw you on like the street corner with. Uh, he used to work there. Corey Bukowskis used to work for the Tigers. Yeah. Um. So you like going to the Stampede? Yeah, you, you, I, you I have there. actually like, I've only gone. Um, once in the past, like probably three years. It might have been that four time years. we saw you. Yeah, it, it might have been. We were both a little sideways on the corner of some random street. I have no idea what street. Yeah. We were on. Well, you like lately, I've been going to development camps. Yeah. And they're like 
exact same time as Stampede, which right priorities. Yeah, priorities. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a tough one to miss out on, but yeah. it's fun going to Florida and Washington. So, do you get to many concerts then? Are you a music guy or not really? Uh, I'd love to get to more concerts, but um, doesn't happen. No, it do- doesn't happen. Um, I guess you only really got a small I actually window. went to John Party this last okay. um, summer. Okay. That, that was pretty, That's pretty good. nice. I knew, I knew some of the tunes. <laughs> you knew a little bit? Yeah. But there's a lot of country that goes on in your guys' room. Like, country is, is played a lot in the locker room. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're just constantly, especially if Rhett's on the, on the Hawks. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean. He's just listening Kermoda to. Kermoda proud. Oh, yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> I mean, the, the guy is—he's he's basically a walking billboard for Jordy Fike at this point. So, <laughs> um, it, it feels like he would—if he's going to lead the charge—only have country. That yeah. makes sense. But that's good. Okay, so, so you, to recap, yeah, you like eating chop leaf. You really <laughs> go there a lot. Uh, you read yeah. uh, anything in particular? We didn't—we didn't really crack down on that. Uh, well, right now. I'm about to start like this one that my grandma gave me. It's okay. It's called, well, it's like a Leonardo da Vinci like biography thing. Wow. All yeah. right. Brain. That, that's Brain rather... twister. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And that's studious. That yeah, sounds like very... it's a very high level read past like grade yeah, nine. Intelligence. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very intelligent. Good. Uh, you, you know the entire Netflix database. Good. Yeah. Um, golf? Yeah. On occasion. Okay. What's your handicap? Do you know? Uh, mine was, if I look at my phone, actually, you can, I, I think it's like a 10.5. Yeah. Okay. We're on the same level. I'm at nine, nine. I, right, let's see, actually, I need it. Wait, exact. now, now that you heard no, a nine, nine, yeah, you're like, no, oh, no, I have to be better than you. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I would too. I, I don't look athletic and I'm not, <laughs> but like, I've only been golfing for a handful of years. We've dialed it in a little bit. Yeah. I, I only started really going last year. Okay, that's uh, not that's not good news for me. I thought you were like ten years in. Um, well, I, I did when I was younger quite a bit, but then right, um, I just can't find what my handicap is. Well, if so. it makes you feel better, we'll call you Whatever. a nine eight if if that's really what, <laughs> if that's what matters to you. I'm just looking at my brothers right now. Okay, okay, yeah. I, I'm just gonna stop looking. At sure, my no, okay, just... that's fine. So. Anyway, whatever it's Picking around there, yeah, depending yeah, yeah. on how much I cheat, like it's right, just, yeah, 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 foot wedge, whatever, yeah. you know. Mulligan sometimes, yeah. sure, sure. Breakfast ball, it happens. Yeah. Uh, but, Drew, this has been great. Um, I can say on behalf of Tigers fans, it's been awesome to get to see you uh, for so many games and so many years here. Uh, I've, I think you can say that you've enjoyed your time here, like in the city. I think it's been fun. Yeah, um, yeah it has. I don't know that for sure. Okay. But, uh, but it's been awesome to, to see you uh, in your career develop. And, uh, man, there, there could be still a few more months left. It might not just be a, a quick trip through the playoffs. It might be a long one. Um, mm-hmm. So best of luck with that, and thanks for jumping on giving us. You gave us an hour. That was way too generous, so thank you. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for uh, having uh, me. We will wrap up Tigers Uncaged on the other side. Shout out to our friends at Windsor Plywood who powered Tigers Uncaged. More hockey talk on the way. Let's go, boys! It's Tigers Uncaged, powered by Windsor Plywood. The experts you need to know. When it comes to building or renovating, Windsor Plywood can put you on the power play. Their experienced and knowledgeable staff will help you find the finishing products you need to score big on your next project. From doors to floors and all the plywood in between, Windsor Plywood is the first choice for contractors and do-it-yourselfers. Visit Windsor Plywood today. Open 8 to 5 Monday to Friday and 9 to 1 Saturday at 2101 10th Avenue Southwest in Medicine Hat. Proud sponsor of Tigers Uncaged. 
More Tigers Uncaged with Jesse and Lance. Powered by Windsor Plywood, the experts you need to know. And we'll put a bow on episode 21 of Tigers Uncaged. Powered by our good friends at Windsor Plywood, the experts you need to know. Shout out once again, Tigers defenseman Drew Krebs. Over 260 games in the Western League, all with the Tigers. Uh, it's been really cool to sit back and see his development from his rookie season and that year getting shut down early, man, who knows what could have been with that team. And it's a similar vibe this year with who knows what could be with uh, this rendition of the Medicine Hat Tigers. Playing well, big weekend though. Home and home with the Swift Current Broncos. Either team wins both games this weekend and the Central Division looks a lot different one way or the other. If uh, it's a split, I think if you're a Tigers fan, which I imagine you are if you're listening, that's probably a decent result. It stalls out any potential progress for the Swift Current Broncos, but uh, if the Tigers are able to win both this weekend, that would do absolute wonders to locking up the Central Division. While also in that battle, which we don't talk about as much, in that battle for second spot in the Eastern Conference. So I can give you a quick little breakdown on how playoffs work. It's kind of confusing. So round one, the first and second seeds will be the top teams in the East and Central Division, respectively. So the division winners get the top two seeds in round one. From there on out, rounds two, three, and beyond, the standings are reset based off of total points. So say, for example, the Tigers win the division, they get the second spot. Moose Jaw, they get second in their division because the Blades won. So Moose Jaw finishes third, but Moose Jaw has more points than the Tigers. Say they both get through round one, go into round two. The Tigers would actually then become the three seed. Moose Jaw would go up to two, and that would have some home ice implications for the second round. So uh, we don't talk about it as much because the focus does remain on winning the Central Division. But if the Tigers are able to rack up wins to help themselves in the Central, it will also do uh, a little bit of good when it comes to battling for second spot long term in the Eastern Conference with a Warriors club that's on a little bit of a down. They, they've lost a handful of games in a row now, which uh, we've seen the the Warriors continue to kind of streak over the course of this year, but heading into this weekend, dropping three straight games in regulation. Uh, but uh, all eyes, I think, this entire weekend across the Western Hockey League, and if not, at least the Eastern Conference will have some sort of view against the Tigers and Broncos series because uh, just massive, massive potential for what it can mean when it comes to the outcome of the Central Division. I'm looking forward to it, and hopefully we see you down at Co-op Place Saturday night on the second end of that home-and-home with the Tigers and Broncos. Uh, But if you're listening on Wild 94.5, in and around Medicine Hat, or you want to catch Geno's broadcast on CHL TV, by all means, go for that. Uh, Pre-game show will be at 545 Mountain Time with Puck Drop just after 6 Friday, and then Saturday on the 24th, pre-game show 630 Mountain Time with Puck Trop just after 7. We'll be back again next week with another episode of Tigers Uncaged. Until then, go Tigers, go. Thanks to all who contributed to this edition of Tigers Uncaged. Powered by Windsor Plywood, the experts you need to know. New episodes come out every Friday. Get it at wild945.ca and wherever you get your podcasts. Tigers Uncaged.